What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 99. I am Anthony, your host. Um, I'm here with my resident homies as always. We got the full four tri we, not trifecta. Trifecta would be three. What would be four? What it, what do you call that? Uh the quad quadternity. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We got the quadternity of homies. Quadternity, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Joel the trifecta. Casey. Now, but yeah. actually, with with me in there, it's the quintessence. The, there Ooh. you go, dude. Oh, yeah. that's there like we a go. Quintessence like here, dude. Yeah, but yeah dude. Joel, right. Joseph, and Casey with me. What up, y'all? Hi, Anthony. Hi, guys. And uh, tonight we're joined by the great Colin Davis from Vile, dude. Got What's a up, true, true OG Cali Death podcast situation going on right now. Fuck yeah! yeah. Thanks for having me, dudes. Yeah, oh, no yeah, doubt, dude. dude. Um, yeah. real quick, I, I actually am excited to say that, uh, we're going to do some plugs at battle forge coffee. They're going to, they got a happy national coffee day sale thing going on until oh, yeah? October 1st. Yep. Nice. Uh, 20% off your entire order. The coupon code is first off 20. So all that together in the coupon code area, you get and, yourself 20% off. Uh, Mike Hamilton's involved in that, right? Yeah, dude, it's the Deeds oh, really? dudes. You know oh, that. Wow. And Deeds and and Mike obviously played in Vile, and uh, he's an OG. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, Deeds played in Vile. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they true. do. That's true. Oh <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, uh, again, I'll say that we'll eventually have some new information on merch. Oh, Ooh. what up? Yeah. Hey, what? Is, oh. What, is that yeah. one shirt that you have left over? There you go. I know. I just fixed it. Um, last last of the original run. It's a, a small. A anyone wants it. Even <laughs> honestly, let's just say, dude, if anyone wants a small, I'll just pay five bucks for shipping. I'll send it to you. If anyone wants to wear a small. There you go, dude. Take the last one. Know, sold out. How many death metal deeds can fit into a small? Yeah, like, I know. I mean, we've sold the other smalls so far. So. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Um, and Dan we'll Eggers more. can fit into it. I know that. Yeah. Really? tightly <laughs> dan from odious we toured with colin and vile and all that that we have so many great stories to tell tonight it's going to be a great campfire episode and oh, yeah. we're going to hear all about vile tonight but yeah i'm talking about guitarist from odious horn he wore some really tight shirts but he looked good in them <laughs> but he can only pull it off it's hard to do dude right anyways what's up colin stoked to see you homie yeah you too casey well, yeah. real quick let's get some plugs for vile and all that stuff where can people go online and get some merch or information from you uh well i have to make some merch actually so um our our the the i'll have some for this show we're doing a show um november 19th there's a death fest in houston and uh i should i should definitely have the link to that shouldn't i but <laughs> it's uh be best thing to do for that is just go to my facebook page which is facebook.com slash colin davis metal master so if you okay. go there, then scroll down a couple, the, the link to the Death Fest is there. And uh, so I'll have merch for that, and then I'll have leftover for that that I can sell. But at the moment, I don't have anything. The, the, I do have a bunch of merch, but it's back in California in storage. Okay. And, um, and then you can go to the, the website, at, uh, the current website for Vile, which is vilewarriors.com. Vilewarriors.com. Yeah. And so you'll have you to wait. You got a band camp or anything like that? Too? No, no, no band, no band camp. Not gonna mess with that. I, I okay. did. I, I did band camp for another project, but um, 
we're just keeping it simple right now. Right on, dude. Yeah. Cool. Go check that out, guys. And uh, real quick, uh, if you're listening to this and you are not involved with Twitch, you could be here live with us right now in the future episodes if you come to our twitch.tv. What is it? Twitch.tv slash Cali Death Podcast. Boom. There you go. And And you could be in here hanging out in the chat, throwing us some questions, comments, whatever. If what not, is Twitch? Can you explain to me what Twitch is? This it, is the first time I mean, I've been in here. I'll do a uh, real... I, I don't really know too much about it other than it started as like a, a video game type deal where you could go right. on and watch people play video games. Exactly. But, I remember that now. Um, yes. You know, over some time it became, uh, you know, it expanded into, you know, mus- musicians and I don't know how many, how much of the percentages podcasts too but we we just saw a lot of musicians that would do you know live streams and 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 do some really fun stuff from uh, and a lot of them are from the metal community too so we kind of just wanted to uh jump in the pool and see how it was and we've been having a great time with it so far you know i mean maybe podcast isn't the best um format for this website but Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still, is, it's a, it's a easy way Drum. to interact with people who can watch it live. And, and I mean, you could do that too on YouTube, but it, we just found this to be a better community to jump into. And a lot of people are that we know are actually pretty successful with it too. So yeah, dude, it's, it, it's just a way to be with us live. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's all kind of options right now. And sorry if I, I'm, I'm not looking at you guys right now. I'm looking at the website for or the poster for this death fest. And, um, nice. and the guy, Brian Farrell, that's running it is just an awesome guy. And um, it's November the 19th. And it is at the at the B man, see, so so the you know <laughs> the, the, the problem is that I can't read the logo. Mm. <laughs> yeah. A common issue in our field of work. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so I'm over there and I'm like, right. okay, yeah, Texas Death Fest. It's it's that. It's definitely that. I can't I can't <laughs> That's a big state. I mean, do yeah. you know what uh, part it's of in Houston though. Houston, it's, okay, okay. It's cool. in it's in Houston and oh, I, I got my glasses point. on and I still can't read. The, is it a uh, multi-day thing? Um, it is a two-day thing. Here, I'm going to zoom in right now, and I'm going to make this work. It is November 19th. That's Vile is the, we play second to last, um, Pyrexia is after us. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, sick. And yeah. so that's November 19th. November 20th, uh, Morpheus Descends is the headliner. And I, I don't know that band. And it is the BFE Rock Club, BFE Rock Club in Houston, Texas. And this is deep into the pit, Texas Death Fest. There you go. Right there. Uh, right. So now we have all our info out there. Yeah. Uh, there's, Sweet, there's a little of hidden in it. So it's deep in the pit of Texas. Just Deep to... in the pit. <laughs> Didn't I say that? I didn't say that. You skipped the of. There's enough keywords in there that yeah. if you Google that dude. shit, you're going to find it. Dude. dude, it just looks like twigs. 
You know that one logo where it says your lo- it says what's that one meme? It's got a yeah. it's got a picture of a, a yeah, you know yeah. bunch of sticks, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or or like uh, the cracked <laughs> yeah. up cracked up leather on your car seat. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pl- I ha- I'm happy with the vile logo though. I'm happy with it because it looks creepy. It looks you know whatever, but it's but you, you can read, read it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's actually I found out about you guys yeah. because of getting the live cannibalism DVD and Alex Webster was wearing it. Right. That's, that's where I was like vile, huh? I need really? to check them out. Yeah. Right. Because you could read it. Right. Yeah, I could read it. No, I could. I definitely knew vile. Okay, if, I need to go look at that. If you look at all the OG logos, really, you could read Severed Savior, no problem. You can yep. read Odious Mortem, no yes. problem. You can read Deeds of Flesh, Suffocation, no Deeds of Flesh, yes. Yeah. Morbid yeah. Angel, Earth, even. Like, all those logos were they're still evil and death metal, but at Decrepit the time, Birth, you can read that too. Easily, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. that's kind of like why did we change that, guys? Like, I, I, I wasn't more... part of that. I, I'm not, I don't agree with all that. With all it's that, it's like more and more extreme. People were going; they were just like trying to push it and be like yeah. different. I guess is probably why. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of bites you in the ass it down does. the road, you know, because you could have. It's like missing... you don't. There's, you can't Google that. Like you know, if you see a logo, you're just like, I saw that logo, and if I see it again, yeah. maybe I'll ask the person who's wearing it to yeah. explain it to me or something like that. It's like, I guess it'll give some mystery, but. You're depending on the venue to type it underneath the logo so that you can read what it is. Uh Exactly. That is, that's when I started realizing that was seeing flyers where they'd show the logo and then have to put the actual band name in parentheses <laughs> underneath. Exactly. And you just go through and it's like literally every single band that you see uh-huh. has to be. What's that deciphered. band on Wiltip? Do you know that band? Remember, uh, Steve Crow does those logos that are like unreadable. He has like a bunch of those logos, but he did one for this band on Wiltip. It's literally like. 33 X, yeah, they call them ex impuritus but it's like ex impuritus masters blah 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 it just keeps yeah. going oh it's yeah like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the bundle of st- it's just like sticks it's like a hundred <laughs> letters or some shit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's a gimmick uh, but that band is actually really good so that's what i heard too I heard what that. do they sound like they are uh, like kind of like epic epic death metal like kind of nile behemoth style metal kind of really sick oh, okay yeah. they're really good Hell they're yeah. from like uh somewhere in eastern europe yeah yeah for Maybe sure. this would be a good time for you guys to explain to me if you know all the different subgenres that have come out since the original, you know, well, I mean, there's like two or, I mean, there was like the original death metal bands that were, you know, like, um, you know, Celtic Frost and Napalm Death and Possessed and like the early, early bands, right? Yeah. And Terrorizer and stuff. Then there was the first big wave of all the Florida bands, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 Swedish bands and all that, mm-hmm. and then there was the next wave. Vile was in that. Um, Decrepit Birth was uh, in that too. A little bit, maybe a little bit later, but in that. Line, yeah. So that might be the third wave, kind of. Right. Yeah. And then I kind of fell off following all the bands that 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 kind of came out since then. So there's been four, you know, two two at least two more waves of bands. Yeah. of styles yeah. and, and yeah, i don't sure. i can't i don't know what they all are well i we, think a lot of yeah go for i was it. just gonna say like odious morm just was always well, for a while we called ourselves progressive death metal but then right. psychedelic death metal or something you, yeah, yeah, yeah but really it's just technical death metal, yeah yeah you uh, know but odious mortem is still kind of in the yes it's it's 
it's on the California technical side, you know, deeds of flesh kind of influence, but it's it's still in the wave of the, the vials in. Right. Yeah, we were, yeah. we, we were the real we were the real kind of like bridge area of yeah, coming. Probably out of so. That, yeah. Into that when um but yeah, I don't I don't really keep track of all these crazy subgenres. Joseph I mean, probably has more information because he's like more involved in the scene as far as that. But I mean, from what I've just noticed, my brief explanation would be like there's a lot of those old bands that are still going are doing really well. They're still uh-huh. like there's that wave is still like you know, Cannibal's still number one, and like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's still yes. There's still like there's Deicide, Morbid Angel. Those are right. all like or, or the I Am Morbid and all the things. Those are like still big bringers of people. But right. then there's new bands like Rivers of Nile and 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 new bands that are kind of like blowing up. You know, kind of out of not out of nowhere, but in a different style, adding saxophone, trying stuff. You oh, know, wow. different. And like, yeah, just there's people trying new progressive things, but um, yeah, I would turn it over to Joseph for that. I I don't I don't hear a lot of new genre names being thrown around. I just think that like death metal has just kind of expanded what it means, and now we kind of have to call some stuff old school death metal, no which idea, like yeah. is kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. you definitely have seen like kind of slam becoming its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so what defines slam? slam is slam is like taking like you know like a couple ideas from from suffocation and discord and and just yeah and taking it oh you mean all the groove parts like the the, the mosh pit parts the group parts Mm -hmm. okay yeah so and then and then pig vocals yeah i think uh i think cephalotropy is kind of like the first generation of bands like they were the the exemplar band of like going into the slam direction and being something a little different from like brutal death metal. So um, now there's another know. thing I've noticed if, if we could actually almost trace the evolution of death metal just by um, categorizing the drums, mm-hmm. right? Like this grouping of death metal had these mm-hmm. kind of beats. Oh, and yeah. then when you get over to here, then it was these kind of beats. So yeah. for, Right. So if you take the first big wave of Morbid Angel and uh, right. all that, at least American ones, you have the, that's where the whole vocabulary of drum beats came from, right? And yep, it's like, yep. this is a right, bomb right. blast. This is a yep. split blast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yep, this, yep. Is this is a one foot blast. blast. This is a two foot blast. And sure. all that whole vocabulary came from that. And then, um, and then I noticed now there's all these bands that play this super fast snare with two foot, um, two foot, um, you know, two foot, uh, just like the suffo 16, beat. 16 yeah. with 30 seconds yeah. on the hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it really is. Yeah, 16 with 30 seconds on the hands. And da 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 I mean, that sounds like 16 actually, but. Um, yeah, and a, to me, all the. To me, I I don't have a single one of those in any of Vile's material. Mm-hmm. There's not a single one of there, uh, there's not a Gravity Blast either. I don't I don't not, I don't mind the Gravity Blast, but the other one that's just da 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 da. It just gets so monotonous to me. Right, right, right. And there's a lot of bands that are just putting together. You know, they have to go through different riffs, but then the beats just kind of stay with this bucka 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 b
Was that was mm. no stench redemption? Stench of the deceased. Oh, yeah. the... Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds right. Wait, wait, wait it sounds like a death metal album. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but I was uh, they gave... say after Jill, I want to. It was the Animosity Kids. The Animosity Kids were all about it. Like when they were really young, they were all about uh. Stench I don't know what the Animosity Kids is. You don't know Animosity, the band? Well, just Animosity. The band Animosity. Oh yeah. I thought you would. Sounds like a hardcore band. They were kind of in the beginning. I mean, yeah, they were yeah, kind yeah. of upset. They had some animosity towards the world. <laughs> but no. Yeah, no. Yeah, they, yeah. They're like a technical te- kind of deathcore-ish. But you can't really deathcore wasn't pigeonhole. Deathcore wasn't they got the stoner. You get, they got the stoner influence, too. Like hmm. They were yeah, they no, were really big in the Bay Area. They were sick. Yeah, they were all teched out. And they, like Naveen. The oh, they're in the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Naveen. Animosity? Naveen, Naveen yeah. played for animals as leaders and stuff later. I mean, he's in Entheos. That's his band now. Uh Naveen. What what year did this come out? Animosity. Uh, I mean, it came out check in two thousand four. Check out uh, Animals or Animal. What's that that album? Yeah, yeah Animal. Animal. Dude, Animal. Or check Empires. That, out. that should, or yeah, Empires. Shut, yeah, it, yeah, shut it down is like mm-hmm. where I started with him. I, I, I think Animal would be album. more up uh, Collins Alley. Yeah, that's what I was like, thinking. So. To start with, yeah. just for him. All right, well, yeah. I, I got a piece. I got some paper and pen right here, so I'm gonna write yeah, this. Yeah, I think it came out after after I stopped looking around for bands. Right. No, but they they took a lot of influence sure. from that yeah. from uh from uh snatcher of uh, the deceased i want to say redemption so really I said that. yeah 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 no they were all about it that remember uh naveen and um i don't know what naveen uh, frank, is either I, frank I don't know. And drummer, man you'll know he's insane yeah he's, yeah, he's an insane drummer but uh yeah he uh was that's basically the first people to show uh you guys to me and i was like holy shit oh wow but, uh, had this naveen played on the new machine it. head didn't he yeah yep. he plays on so many things yeah he yeah, played on dude. between the buried and me stuff yeah. too, a little bit too and yeah no, but like uh yeah no he's um, they know me I, mean. I just don't know them that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Fuck yeah dude but Stench uh well, i was gonna see oh it's just grooving yeah i'm just grooving is what i was getting at it's that a groovy feel it wasn't like yeah. what you're talking about the it had like kind of a a flowing kind of groovy wave to it but yeah yeah to me behind the the to me for vile there's a hidden there's a hidden kind of um, almost like an Afro funk element. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There, there's, it's kind of a hidden kind of it, it, that behind the whole uh, aesthetic of Vile, there should be this kind of just kind of just this continual groove thing going that should be kind of it's it's kind of like it, it, it I, when I say Afro funk, I kind of mean it actually, kind of like a Herbie Hancock or, or some kind of Hell just yeah, kind of dude. a. Boom, 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 You know, that is kind of underneath the whole thing. And I kind of want the whole sensibility of the band to always kind of be rooted back in that kind of groove. So it can go off of that or everything, but you always come back to this kind of groove. And Mike, and I was doing this before I had Vile, I was doing it in other bands, but Mike Hamilton is that kind of drummer and he just is a naturally a groovy kind of drummer and he could play you know other kinds of of music groove oriented music very well if he wanted to yeah. and totally. so it was just a natural thing for him mm-hmm. definitely yeah that was a good that's good so choice. cool casey what were you, you were trying to say i cut oh, you off I'm, no no it's all good i'm it's perfect because i just what he said was really cool and so um yeah man uh so it's interesting because um so like for me, like in high school, like in the late 90s, I graduated in like 2001. So like, mm-hmm. you know, 99, 98, I started getting into death metal and stuff. And I got like, so like some of my first CDs were, you know, Nile, the first one, uh, 
the yep. cannibal corpse file actually and then like right. a gallery of suicide we went to the bloodthirst show and all that we we're talking you know um yep. but one of the cds i had early on was vile stented this it came out 99 is that yeah right? mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i had that cd like way back and i was talking to my friend david about it and stuff and we we're just like dude like I, I i remember like buying that at lose records and just having that cd as one of my like first of my collection my initial wow. collection vile right. was in there dude and like right. to me it was just like another insane band and then later on i met you guys and we ended up touring together but like mm -hmm. mike hamilton and all you guys and coolest guys ever dude and like i like on tour man we had such a good time back then like with deeds that's of flesh good. that's good and, i'm and, glad you had a good time oh, <laughs> i was stressed out what but... was it oh i know we had a lot of we're gonna have to tell some stories tonight well we were we were young but, we were young dumb and full yeah. of spunk dude we were just yeah. fucking yeah out there on the road but, I, I, I was texting mike though t before this episode you know and and i was just like dude man and i i, I put on stench stench of the deceased again and listened to it again today and i also listened to depopulate and the other and all this all your stuff and dude like but there's something like super nostalgic about stench for me and i like it brought up like these memories of just right man, dude this shit right. just totally. hits so hard i put right. like, in... mike on the drums and it's fucking dope I take yeah, pride yeah, yeah. in, in I, no. I understand you fully. The indie release, yeah. the the pre, yeah. the independent release. That was when I bought it. Was oh. before it got re-released. So I got the OG. Yeah, there was a there was. We finished the recording and we got it mastered by a Bay Area guy named Ken Lee, and mm -hmm. um and we went to Milwaukee that year, and so that would have been it would have been ninety nine, I guess, right? I I guess it was ninety nine. Mm -hmm. And we handed out or sold or whatever that 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 version, and then we 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 came back home because Juan and I were both you know had we're, we're at that stage we're we're both recording engineers. I mean we recorded that album together, but we were still you know really kind of learning. And um, we said, oh, man, there's just a number of things about the mix. We just mainly the guitar tone that just wasn't working for us. And we went and retracked guitars, remixed it, remastered it. And that's the one that we put out that we we eventually produced and, and, and put out like a I think we made 2000 copies of that originally before it got mm -hmm. picked up mm -hmm. yeah oh so there's an earlier version that you were passing out as like a promo deal or isn't whatever? that isn't that what joel was saying just a second ago you got the, the well original. i got the original uh I, i'm it's the the cd release but i don't think there's any record label that it came out on so i thought it was just diy oh i i see what you're saying yeah yeah you, you, there no there so there was some like so there was some early ones that that i was talking about there yeah, what you're talking about is the production CD, but it wasn't on a record label. It was, uh, it was, mm -hmm. it was self. You know, it had all the album art and everything like that. So I have one of those two thousand copies you're talking about. Yeah, the, and there was there was a thousand copies where the original. There's like it's got John Zig art on it, right? So mm -hmm. it's yeah. got all those worms on the maggots mm -hmm. on the CD itself. The sure. first pressing has like a, a kind of a gold kind of a, a tent a kind of a mm. gold a goldish reflective kind of ink on it and then the second thousand is is more green the green one is oh, what okay. i got yeah okay so that was the okay. second yeah yeah the first, that was still 99 or whatever right yeah it was still 99 yeah it was still 99 and the first one also skipped sometimes in some cd players on the fifth song oh shit oh that's always a bummer <laughs> 
I know with the I know that sometimes you get the album back from the label. I know with um diminishing, right? The the songs were a little out of order in the first pressing. Oh, so like if people got the that. yeah if, if if someone got the first pressing of diminishing, the songs are not the right names. Oh <laughs> it's like sometimes <laughs> you just happens. get those yeah, it shit happens exactly. But also too, that's like if you have that now, it's like that's kind of cool. You know, it's like you <laughs> yeah. have the, right. the rare one offs, you know, which is right. Cool. Right. But yeah, definitely. For sure, man. So let's uh let's do it how we usually do it. So call him. We like to uh we like to go back in time, dude. We mm-hmm. want to talk about when you were a kid. You know, like oh. yeah, like my first question <laughs> as okay. I always do on the show, 99 episodes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that early memory of hearing music and it clicked like it wasn't just background noise? You know, what, what's a melody or a song oh. that you, maybe your parents were listening to? You heard it on the radio and, and something pushed you into the next level of music listening. Uh, well, my my parents were 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 they were hippies. They were they're like, you know, psychedelic taking hippies. Um, mm-hmm. They were actors and aspiring actors and they they moved from austin texas to new york city with me and my my brother and we're just little just babies are you older or younger i'm two years older than my brother okay so this this is in the early 70s mm-hmm. and so we moved to new york in the 70s and but my my um my dad was a dj for a little while and he had a huge record collection and they were they were just huge music fans and so they were they had all the good 60s and 70s mainly at that time 60s music so it was going to be all the rolling stones and the beatles and frank zappa and janice joplin and um the who and you know all the great stuff from the 60s the doors all that stuff so that was that was being played around the house all the time and my parents divorced or separated when I was about seven, and but but my dad left most of his records at the house, and so we still, my mom still played all those records and bought and bought a whole bunch of new stuff, and so then she was buying all kinds of other '70s stuff that was that was good, you know, Bob Seger and all kind of stuff, and so that was in the background, and I do I I remember it was probably when it's about well, maybe. 10 or 11 years old that me and my brother started on our own pulling records out and listening to what we wanted to and going Mm -hmm. through and finding stuff and playing with the record player, you know, playing the records at 45 speed or 78 speed or just Mm -hmm. mess messing around and, and doing our own thing with it. And, and so, but then I think pro- it, the 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 moment that you're kind of talking about the moment that I kind of um, took took responsibility for my own for my own um, uh, for for what I wanted to listen to mm-hmm. was it was it it was an influence from the the neighbor the guy that lived upstairs a guy named Lewis who lived uh, upstairs in the building that we were in. And he was a couple years older than me, so he was already autonomous with his own music stuff. And he was—he started bringing down music, and um, I can't remember if he brought it down or what the deal was. But my the 
the first record that I said, I'm going to have to buy a copy of that my, for myself, was the soundtrack to the movie Heavy Metal. Okay. Mm. And it had, it had a lot of stuff that was maybe barely metal, but it did have Black Sabbath on there. It had uh, the Mob Rules Dio yeah. song. That was on there. It had Sammy Hagar. It had, um, it had some Blue Oyster Cult stuff like that on there. I had that album, and then another, and then another moment that I remember was again the same guy brought down Judas Priest screaming for vengeance, and that was what really just that just that was what just. You know, that was like a religious experience, you know, right, yeah, dude. Right. <laughs> that. so awesome. You're, you're going from, you're going from the doors and the Rolling Stones, and then you're going to whatever's in that heavy metal album and then over to this priest. And then Hell from yeah. there, then I started, th- then I think I started spending more time uh, up at his apartment and seeing what he was getting. And he had an, another friend in the building who was actually a couple of years older than him. And that guy was giving him, giving this guy, Jacob, was giving Lewis uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, and other stuff, and, and Sabbath albums and all kinds of stuff. So between those two guys, there was all kinds of metal and other good music rush was coming through and other good music was coming down to my apartment from these guys. And so that's how I'm starting to figure out, and this is at about age 12 or something. And that's where I'm figuring out, you know, what the whole scene is or what's he- what heavy music is and all that stuff. Right. And so that's that. And then there's another friend of mine who was actually a little younger, but he lived in another building down the street, but he was pretty advanced and He's the guy that turned me on to the really heavy stuff. And maybe this is a year later or something. So I go over to his house. Uh, his name is Luke. And at Luke's house, I saw, I mean, I remember thumbing through his records and being shocked by, by the covers and stuff. So I saw um, <laughs> Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath. Hell yeah. And I saw Slayer Hell Awaits. Nice. And Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. Fuck yeah. And it's almost as if he was buying these albums for the covers almost. Yeah. Because yeah. well, I mean, they're all just like you know, demon covers, right? We did do that too, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all did for sure. Man. Yeah, yeah. I think I did too. And, uh-huh. and, yeah. and, so that, so that, and so then I started borrowing, and I remember taking home Slayer Hell Awaits. I remember putting that okay, on. Dude. I just remember that experience. If you know how that song starts with that backwards masking and all that stuff. Yeah, like, uh, it's dude, all so sick. Yeah, right. yeah. It's all swirling in. And I'm yeah. looking at the record and it's got it's got one yeah. of those collages of the band members and everything. There's even one picture in the collage of them, you know, probably faking it with salt or whatever, but snorting a huge yeah. line of coke. <laughs> yeah, it's like this big. It's like the biggest thing stick around. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. in there, and I'm looking at this thing yeah. and I'm listening to this music and I start reading the lyrics and it's just it's just it's I, I actually it, I'm laughing about it, but at the time it wasn't really I wasn't laughing. At the time I was wondering if it was gonna hurt me to keep listening to this. Mm. If if listening to this could be damaging because I'm looking at the at the lyrics and they're just highly blasphemous and satanic. And my right. and my parents are not ultra Christians or anything, but I'm still looking at this 
and going and listening to the whole tonality of everything and going, whoa. Right. And I just remember it's almost like if you had if you had, you know, seen some horrific accident on the on the side of the road and you saw bodies torn apart in pieces and what that would do to your psyche. Right. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like, that's, that's good. like that's that. Yep. And I was like, wow. And so that was a whole aura, a whole dark aura that was not in Judas Priest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was kind of in Iron Maiden Number of the Beast. That was kind of dark. But but not like Slayer. And then right. yeah, so like so then it yeah. just went there went went on from there and I eventually found Metallica. I think I actually found Testament before I found Metallica. Hmm. Hmm. And um and just went on from there. But that's kind of how I got into So metal. well it's, it's kind of just real quick it's kind of like I mean Metallica and you know and Megadeth and all like they don't they still don't to me have that darkness that Slayer even at the you know that right. time dude like Slayer even with like Show No Mercy and stuff but I mean there's something about Slayer right yeah you know, the, no there's like, something yes. about Hello Waits there's yeah. that that one song I dude, always put it on for a friend the other day oh I put on, for sure uh, Hello Waits that song I mean, uh, yeah. no, the song at Down They Sleep yeah I was it like kinda, uh, yeah. Uh, that that live that live version Dude, of it on live. You know really that, that's like the scariest. As a kid, I was like very scary. Yeah, that's right. That's so that scared oh, the yeah. shit out of me as a kid. Dude. Or, was or like, necrophiliac. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. God. What about just, what, yeah? What what's the oh haunting the chapel? Dude, that right there. That yeah. one. That was wasn't that, that was no. Was that the live one? No, that's that's live. Oh oh okay, live. That is first. Isn't that Chemical Warfare? That yeah yeah right right you're right. That's something like that. Live on Dead is the first one, isn't Live on Dead the first one? I'm getting I'm getting confused. But yeah, the Chapel is the first studio album, right? Oh no, yeah, Show No Mercy. Show No Mercy. Oh my god, Show No Mercy is like fucking noobs. Whatever. Basically, like all that shit, dude. All all that time, like basically Slayer. Like I mean, a lot of Slayer's stuff is great, but yeah, but dude, all the way up to Rain and Blood, dude. Everything up to Rain and Blood is like incredibly insane. Yeah, like, that is like I love the Divine Adventure. Season's the best. Like, oh yeah, least, no, that's just oh, great too. I'm what's just saying, the one after after on. Rain and Blood though? I liked that one too. South of Heaven. South. Oh, that's right. Heavy and totally. dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's nasty. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Rain and Blood was that one where it's just like they just okay, Jesus, you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more <laughs> punkish though. Rain and Blood is more know, like a almost like a sick. punk metal album. That is in true. A rad true. way, dude. I know you're right. It's a good point. You're totally right. Yeah. yeah. It's so popular that like it's like the one album that it's just the most played one, but it has. I mean, if you like best mix, take it apart, it's like fucking insane. Like it's just like as far as like album album be not subjective, like how popular it got. Like it's fucking Angel of Death and shit like that. And I don't know, like hearing that for the first time was like whoa. You know, I was like hyper. Dave on the drums is just going so savage on that dude. Yeah, I mean that's like his most savage moment they're all savage but yeah i mean my the most underrated actually yesterday i was listening to slayer for the first time in years and i listened to uh divine intervention and they have their fastest songs on that album like ditto heads mm. their fastest song and like i was listening to it like why like and it's like there's that was probably my introduction into technical was this this is a song called sex murder art and then there's another one um called ditto head that's like really fast there's one that's like really riffy it's like mm -hmm. super riffing and uh mm -hmm. People always go like "fuck that album." Like, like when that album came out, I was like, "That's still like, to me, in my top two or three of theirs." You know, because mm -hmm. it has, it's so underrated. But I also came in when that album was maybe just out of its cycle. I just come, I just got into them. So I like, 
was super into that shit. And I think uh, Divine Intervention, that, that's the first one with um, with uh, Paul Bostiff. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, mm-hmm. And then he ended up, I guess, uh, David Eduardo right. came back. Right. He was in Exodus, I think Paul was. And yes. then he got he replaced Dave Lombardo, and then I think Dave Lombardo came back or something. Or he know. was in so, Testament, maybe at the time, right? Uh, okay, no, it was, yeah, that it was might te- be right. It Lombardo was in Testament. I can't remember now. Oh, Lombardo was in Testament. Bostaff was in Exodus. That's right. And then yeah, uh, yeah. And then Lombardo came back. And then Holt, and then everything. Yeah. Speaking of the, you know, one of the bigger bands, the incestuous bigger bands, like those bands were all trading right. back in the day, like you know, like the cali scene and death it's kind of today it's yeah yeah, it's 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 history just repeating itself i mean we're not as that level but i'm just saying it's kind of how you build a community you build a a scene together and that's kind of how everybody kind of keeps everybody afloat you know because what i was saying earlier is harder to find drummers or you know an extra guitar player easy now yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice Dude, Slayer Definitely. does. I, mean, I don't want to keep going on Slayer, but I was just gonna. You guys made me realize like it was the first like evil metal band that really made me feel the evil because I yeah. associate Metallica and Megadeth and Exodus yeah. with like partying and shit. Yeah, Metallica know? never right. scared me. Never scared. I never no. got scared. Never of got scared. Like, of Metallica. It's really good music, but I never got like, ooh, I got like. Ride the, the Lightning Slayer. is kind of dark though. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little dark for sure. Yeah. But um, mer- merciful like, fate is Melissa and don't break the oath. Those are definitely dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah those definitely. are evil sounding too. If you, you can, if you're not into the vocals, then that kind of you know cuts it out. But yeah, but they, Slayer took that evil and added the super extreme element, mm-hmm. and that's what like was the double whammy of we're gonna punch you in the face repeatedly with satan's fists <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. it's like it's kind of like this like the like the trinity is like master of puppets and then rain and blood and then altars of madness kind of yeah. oh like, it's just drumming. that's your trinity yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just as far as like just thinking of, of right now in my mind like leading to just like super fast blasting and all we'll have to talking to paul from uh cannibal i mean yeah. I'm getting the, you know, everyone's saying that once they heard altars, they're like, okay, that's what you can do with drums yeah. now? All right, mm-hmm. that's now the yeah. level. And then yeah. from there, it was just like, it was exponential growth. Yes, that, you know? totally. Yeah. You that just that is Sandoval. true. You just need a yeah. Pete Sandoval. San- Sandoval took, the, you're right, though. The, it went from Lombardo was the, was, the, was the example, and then it went to Sandoval. Yeah. And, but it kind yeah. of, at that point, though, uh, people who follow metal... Uh, you know what we're sandoval is going right into the underground scene where we're all at and um and but and but that's the weird thing about slayer is it's kind of actually sort of at it right there at the at the crossroads between going into the underground slayer themselves remember they used to make fun of death metal yeah Mm -hmm. oh that's right remember Remember they used to say oh those guys suck i don't listen to that you know and yeah yeah and and so they were kind of like at the you know they could play with metallica and all that and they were kind of they were sort of mainstream people would know about metallica and they might know about slayer but they would not know about morbid angel yeah yeah you have to go extra deep you have to you have to you know it has to be your your goal is to dig into that like you don't just it's i mean obviously there's the rare cases of the older brothers or the neighbors from upstairs or all that type of stuff where you you get that morbid angel uh uh introduction but most of the time when those situations happen we've 
you know, talking to so many people on the show now, y- if you're not ready for it, it would just be like yep. something that you can't accept at that time. You have right. to go through this rite of passage, this, yes. this, this you do. progression up slowly and surely to be able to accept the more extreme stuff along the you way, do. you know? You yep. do have to be initiated into it, and there's initi- uh, maybe a couple initiations, right, that it yeah. takes. Yeah. You first have to be initiated into metal, but we're also talking about uh, um, we're also talking an earlier time because you could come in right now, and you might just skip over uh, yeah. the, Brit- the British heavy metal bands. I was right. getting into that. Actually, that was the, right. the thing I was going to talk about. Is now you have Spotify and things, and people are going to tell you to listen. Oh, just jump. You don't have to dig for anything. Like, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. click this link, and it's the craziest thing you've ever heard. You know what I mean? Right, Whereas right. Be- before, like, it used to be like, oh, this like, man? Okay, well, I'm into this now. It's kind of crazy, yeah. uh, crazier than, than Slayer. And this is crazier than that other band. This is, you know, kind of right. kind of like, like moving up the rungs, like we talked about on the show a bunch. But like, now it's just like, oh, you want a fucking, you want like an elevator? All right. Just click <laughs> this link. You know, it's like know, you rocket ship to the top. I don't want to call it cheating in general, but it is cheating yourself because it's cheating. I really, I appreciate Mm -hmm. the path that I've taken personally in the last 25 years of listening to metal, like going through that whole progression to get to where I'm at today. It makes the appreciation for all that stuff along the way. Yes. Oh, more, more, um, prevalent, more, um, powerful, you know, and and yeah, you could jump straight to the end and it might still be something that you enjoy. But I, I think that having that knowledge that we've picked up along the way and, oh, yeah. and yeah, preparing your brain for it along the way, too. It's we got the full experience. I'm a Gen Xer. You guys are older millennials, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, maybe the older Gen Xers, the people, well, the people who are at the cusp, like, um, you know, the guys in Exodus and all those guys. The Metallica Exodus guys, the guys who are like 60 years old now, Mm -hmm. um, down to the guys who are, are maybe 35 to 40. We got the, we got the whole, we got the whole thing. We got to, we got to get in somewhere in there when it was still rising. We got to see all of metal peak Mm -hmm. and then now we're on the downslide. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like what you said, Anthony, it's kind of like reading a book. And just going like, okay, well, I get the beginning. What's the last chapter say? Right. <laughs> like, like yeah. just jumping to the to the end and being like, all right, well, I don't want to go through. And all you can the be like, meat. that chapter is sick, but I mean, I don't. It, you won't fully get the whole book unless you were to read the chapters in between. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the whole like the whole timeline of the book. You know, you know like what how it became and. And there's so many things that like so many characters you miss in the book, you know, that I can call bands or whatever, but right. so many things that you've missed along the way, but you've, and then you show those kids that have jumped from like, Oh, I like uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, Necrophages is sick to, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, and then you show them like, you know, so like the band in the middle and they're like, Oh, I don't know. Cause they, they've gotten their, they've yeah. gotten their, their nut to, for lack of a better yeah. term, they've gotten their, their end game. And yeah. they're just like, they're like, fuck, like, Nothing is going to satisfy me anymore because I need like the top level of everything now at, at the, you know, I need DoorDash food. Like when I tap of a button, I need like everything now. And it's kind of like, it's, it's like gotten rid of the, uh, the working. working it actually sounds something. like you're explaining, like if we took this out of context, you could be saying the same thing about like pornography, you know, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, cars, I mean. <laughs> cars, cars or guns, oh, cars. guns yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, 
now yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. into guns right now. I mean, <laughs> just everything's there, you know, and cheap and fast and reliable and everything. But if you were into guns 25 years ago, you'd be, ah, well, you know, I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. And this isn't yeah, yeah. really right. And Or cars, you know, same mm-hmm. Same yeah, thing, just yeah. jump to Tesla, sure. t- to Tesla that goes zero to sixty in like yeah. one point nine seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like where you start. <laughs> That's yeah. where you start, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. shout out Mike Gilbert. He owns one of those, dude. Mike, he let me drive it, dude. That thing's fucking insane, dude. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. We, yeah, we were in a back street. We were in a back street yeah. of uh, South City and. And he was just like, bring it to it. Not yet, dude. And bring it to a stop and just fucking floor it, dude. And yeah. it literally was like, threw my head back, dude. I couldn't wow. even see yeah. where I was going for a second. Yes. I had to like recorrect and be like, oh shit. I actually, to be honest, I pushed out and I let off right away. Cause I was like, wow, that was too yeah, much. Too he was much. like, no, dude, yeah. don't fucking let off. Just keep going. And I was like, all right, let's do it again. Dude. No, I, felt like, I felt like I was like in the Jetsons. I had a friend take me in a, in a, like a crazy powerful, uh, Tesla. And it was just yeah. like, you just hear like that noise. Like it's a spaceship noise. Like, 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 <laughs> like, the giant like iPad a, is a fucking, yeah, it's got like a big screen. Yeah, on it. I don't like, like that. Yeah. yeah that's little, really fast. That I was watching there. the screen the whole time going like, Whoa, dude, that's fucking huge. Like, how is that? It, I actually saw a video like a couple days ago of like someone in the middle of like America getting pulled over. And he's like, you can't have like a TV screen on your on your dash and the guy's like dude i bought the car and this is what it comes with <laughs> he's like what what is this the cops this do is. they have yeah, 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 yeah. i, I think you could even i think you could like hack it and actually play They're movies on that shit too Oh yeah! Oh, I bet. Oh, you can make fart. You turn your fucking horn to fart noises. Yeah, there's that's so many things rad, you can do. That's rad, dude. Yeah, yeah. I would totally. That's, do that's my that, favorite dude. feature about that. Musk <laughs> did that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh let's get back on the uh, timeline a little bit, yeah. Colin. Okay. Um, yeah. so you're being introduced to this more extreme style oh, yeah. of metal. Right. You know, you're getting the download. It's it. it you know, it's marinating. When did you right. decide you wanted to start playing guitar? Um, let's see, probably it's going to be, it's all going to be around the same time within the same years. years Yeah, it's going to be about 13 years old. And, um, so my mom's boyfriend at the time is a guitar player, although he's a folk music guitar player, but still he's a guitar player and he's around the house. And then that guy that had the Slayer and Merciful Fate, Luke, he was ahead of me and he was playing he was taking guitar lessons his dad was a guitar player and um, also like acoustic like reggae and stuff but so yeah. he was he yeah. was getting guitar lessons he was more advanced than me so there was two guitar players next to me so it was kind of it was kind of like well you know you're listening to all this guitar oriented music and my my parents yeah. were like okay you, you know i, I think i must have mentioned it or whatever and they say you want a guitar you know that'll work because you know these other guys you can learn from them mm-hmm. and um somebody suggested i think my mom's boyfriend get him an electric guitar because it'll be a lot easier to play get him a little amp and um i, I had a it was a it was a little cheap um probably Korean or Japanese Kramer guitar was the guitar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I had a little amp that was called the gorilla. Oh no. My dad has that still. My dad. Oh yeah. He has his gorilla. Yeah. 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 The gorilla. They had distortion in it. 
And so it, and it was okay. And so I started with that, and then I just started buying tab tablature books, like Iron Maiden or whatever tablature. How, yeah, how yeah. so tablature books were those around? Like how how like how early do you remember those being around? Because I thought, I mean, when do you think? Not to go they, totally they, off, but tablature were, became a thing. Tablature was <laughs> tablature. So uh, it's maybe you're right. Maybe maybe tablature didn't really come out and start getting published. It was it would have been Hal Leonard Publishing, right? Yep, yep. yep. Mm -hmm. I've had many and of those. So, yep. uh, and he's a busy guy. And it would have been <laughs> you would have seen you would have seen uh, Ozzy Randy Rhodes. Right. Yep. And so would have been Blizzard of Oz or the next one. What was that one? Um, the the um, Diary, so that was Diary Di of a Madman. Yeah, so yeah. that would have been 82 and 83. So you would have had Tab in 82, 83, 84 for sure. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have had wow. Tab in 82, 83. And so I was probably playing guitar in 82. So I probably wasn't getting tab, you know, for till maybe a, a year or two from then, but mm -hmm. but that was in the beginning. Not to cut you off, but I just yeah. decided who, I just typed in in Google who invented tablature. It yeah. says the origins of a, a German lute tablature can be um, taken well back into the 15th century. That's a German lute tablature. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's been guitar tabs for like 400 years, like yeah, or something. Yeah, straight up tab I'm like looking that, at like written in the 15th a video. Century. Uh, what's that dude who who does like those guitar videos? Oh, I forgot his name, man. And he goes, ah, blowing it. But but Whatever. like, yeah, yeah. But what does he do though? Um, but basically, they have this video about the history of guitar, like like yeah, yeah. and like there, there's been like tabs and numbers like for like hundreds of years, and then all of yeah. a sudden they like switched it to like to match notes for like to bang it, to to make it in the orchestra or academic. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because once you learn the formal music that you can superimpose onto any instrument, that's... that's you can't zoom right. in on that? Yeah. that well, a lot of string instruments have number systems also with the tab. And even, oh, I'm sure. like, Frederick Node, the classical guitar books also have, like, like, you know, it's like if you have, like, all the different things added at the top, because so you have, like, okay, like, position numbers, you got, like, you know, like, Roman numerals, so, like, you know, like, positions on the guitar numbers, like, you know, not just fingers... And then all these different, it's like three different numbering systems. And it's like, wait, but like, I could just use tab and it's like way yeah. easier. Yeah. Was that a 15th century tab sheet that, that you just thick. pulled up, Jill? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I, was, I typed. Is that from uh, Guitar Pro 1? <laughs> yeah, Hal Leonard 1. <laughs> Guitar Pro negative <laughs> 27. <laughs> exactly yeah that so was, anyway uh, yeah that was yeah. it and so but at right. first I, there probably wasn't any tab for the first year probably not and but I, yeah. I one thing i do remember is that i didn't have a lot of patience for learning other people's songs i never did i never i i would listen to the to the riffs i would listen to the music and then i would write my own riffs that were inspired by other people's riffs, uh -huh. yeah. but I never could get, I mean, I, I have learned covers. I mean, in my life I have, but I never could really get myself to focus myself on learning other people's songs because I just got off on writing my own songs. So I was always into writing my own riffs and writing my own songs from the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did have tab, but it was more like I'd learned the riff that I wanted to learn. And then I wouldn't really, you're more learning it for technique purposes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Like a, because a pattern. I, 
I was going to say after all this time of the show, like we do get to talk to various versions of guitar players. And there is the guy that only played other people's music that got him to a certain point. Yes. And then there's the vice versa like you yes. who, who quickly realized that you just wanted to create your yeah. own sounds with the guitar. Well, a lot of jazz and classical came from people playing you know each other's own music yeah you know or, uh, covering oh. music that's like that's like C covering jazz yes. one oh. yeah yeah definitely oh. no i mean and i mean originally music when it's in its in its original folk formulation that's all you're doing is playing pre-existing songs that have been passed on for generations yep jazz and, standards and and then and then but classical music is um you know right it's 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 what, what, are, what the writers are composers and they're composing you know all this stuff all the all these different instruments um but but the thing with guitar players and you're totally right that there there are there are i mean i've played with plenty of plenty of guitar uh, I'm kind of I've played with all kinds of people that are on that spectrum. I've played with some people that just shredders that that I mean never really wrote a whole song of their own, mm -hmm. and yeah, and yeah. and they can play all kinds of stuff and they know covers and all that, and they can you can integrate them into the band and they can make suggestions and they can help you um, you know make a riff better or whatever but you're not going to hear them on their own putting together their own songs, mm -hmm. but they're great members of the band. Totally. And so, and so I, you can't, it's just that this is, um, this is where the, if you're a songwriter, it doesn't matter if you're a drummer, like, you know, Don Henley from the Eagles or whatever. Um, yeah. you can, is if you're a songwriter, then you can you have the opportunity to be a band leader if you want to be yeah and mm -hmm. to put together your own bands and you can kind of be the engine of the train right if you want to be and kind of control your own destiny mm -hmm. and um so but that is that as is a cover thing. player growing up just playing other people's music that really isn't an option you know no You've you got can't to be a, you can never be in. a band leader because you're always just more mm -hmm. comfortable playing something that and and that's total I respect the shit out of that too but I'm just saying like yeah you, that you only can go so far with with um just other bands or other composers giving you their music that they've already I feel like there's like yep. two yeah. different styles of like people or shred or like like a I don't want to say shredders, but there's people that can shred and it's like more of an Olympic style. Like it's more yeah. like it's more like, whoa, they can jump mm. seven feet yeah, high yeah. or something like that. And then there's the totally. ones that are more the creative style that are like, yeah. well, I'll jump seven feet high, but in this weird way that you've never seen. Yeah. And it's right. like, but still, they're still right. very like both of them are are insanely impressive. But uh, but, the you know, one that can write their own, you know, do the whole like creative thing is, you know, probably more respected. But there's still people that you're like. Watching them do like covers and sit the kids online, you're like, What the? F How are you? I get all <laughs> yeah. like angry, just like, yeah, you know, like, like, totally like these kids, there's literally these tiny kids that are just like way better than it's you know, insane. most I people know. I know. Like, you know, yeah. it's it's getting to this, yeah, the skating point, even, you know, even like the skaters, even like, like 20, 30 year olds now are like, you know, 
doing that like alex dude like i went to his house in, in chula vista before the iron maiden show and it was like oh it's like this eight string guitar oh, alex I, alex i know you told yeah from Od he plays in Odis oh, yeah, yeah, now yeah. um yeah yeah. yeah and he he also does record his band is ominous ruin you should check that out if you okay. haven't heard of them right. check out yeah. ominous ruin oh, yeah they have, a, they have they have two albums out right one full length a one, one full they're length. getting ready a couple to... old eps yeah okay yeah yeah but they're actually, yeah, they're a good. They pay homage to our our older yeah. scene in the Cali Death Bay Area right. dudes, like yeah. Then, okay, cool. I probably like that. The old school beats and stuff. Yeah, Basie mm -hmm. shreds, dude. Shred. Yeah, and he's just shreds. super shredder. <laughs> but yeah, but he had this like crazy. Uh, he had like all these insane guitars, dude. Like you know, and, and it was like eight string, eight string, and I was like, okay, it's like a low string and a high string, and I was like, like, and I know you've told the story before too about joel about playing like some eight string guitar and not knowing what to do oh, totally. I, felt, I felt like that like awesome. reminded me of that and i was just mm -hmm. sitting there like and, uh, what? And i was like trying to you know just yeah, like, you're picking like the wrong string your brain's like yeah, i don't I understand like, this low string like, yeah. yeah this is in my way get this out of here yeah, <laughs> yeah. like what's happening you know <laughs> it was so weird well, yeah. it reminded me of like teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder versus splinter dude like shredder yeah. is just a guy who was only doing what he was but uh splinter or he yeah splinter's the rat right splinter's the one who uh really came up with his own shit and made his own style of uh martial arts dude yeah yeah definitely it's like the old protege or the protege versus the the kids versus the protege or something i don't know <laughs> anthony trunk up with that dude i've had one fucking beer so far dude <laughs> And I actually him. haven't even hit the pen yet, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Colin, we get we get uh, we get toasted on this. So, oh, go some for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what are you sipping? What, yeah, what are you Colin? drinking? Lemon lime water. Oh, okay. oh damn! You're right. wasted. Jesus, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you're overhydrated, dude. So, all right, let's get back to the timeline. Yeah, it's a good timeline. All right, so uh, thirteen, you're starting play all those songs oh, we're still on 13 that's well, all no, no, well, I, I, no this is my this is my uh this is my pushing us into the next one which is 13 you find the tablature books you realize that you want to you right. know, i got my own little amp own. i got my kramer yeah. guitar i got my amp i'm going back and forth to texas in the summer times to visit with the grandparents and bringing my guitar on the plane and um and I'm probably checking my little amp on the, you know, in the luggage or whatever. Yeah. And you know, that's the, my guitar is like my little security blanket that goes with me everywhere. And, um, but it was okay. So, all right. So let me try to, that's the mode I'm in from age 13 as, as I'm going, going to school and guitar is just, you know, what I'm doing on my own and I'm not really meeting, I don't really have any other friends that are also guitar players until I, um, my, my dad moves back to Texas when I'm 16 or something. And me and my brother go with him and I, and I finish high school in, um, in Austin. And that's where I met uh, a guy named Steve, a couple, a couple of people, actually, a, a few people 
who were also musicians and they're also playing guitar. No, I mean, I, I did, I did have Luke actually. That was the one other person I had in New York, but it wasn't until I got to Texas before I started really meeting other musicians and people I could actually jam with and going mm -hmm. to other guitar players houses and, you know, without a drummer or whatever, just playing and trading riffs or whatever, showing each other how to play or what kind of pick do you use and, you know, all that stuff. And, so that's when I'm when I'm 16 and I'm I'm still just, you know, getting through school and just messing around and guitar as a hobby. And guitar stayed a hobby. Uh, okay, so then when I get out of high school, I'm at I'm yeah, the, I, you know what what happened was so what happened was I was in Texas in Austin till I was 20 years old. And guitar was a hobby until I got an opportunity to come to California. So I had a friend who him and his dad moved to California to work in oil refineries mm -hmm. as technicians, uh, instrument technicians, a certain kind of trade. And um, my buddy said, you know, if you want to come out here, you can stay with us. And... You know, I wasn't doing anything. I was just, I wasn't going to college. I wasn't doing anything. I was just messing around. Right. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And, and I just moved out there. And nice. as soon as I got to the Bay Area, so this is the Bay Area we went out to. So I moved out to... What year was that? This is 1990. Cool. This mm, is yeah. 1990. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. 20 years old, uh, almost 21. And... And we move out to, I live in Vallejo. They, they had a, oh, yeah. there was an apart, I think I stayed some in Antioch or something for a few weeks. And then me and my friend Nick, we got an apartment in Vallejo. Mm -hmm. And, and then we were the, the, working at an Exxon refinery that was right there. Sorry to cut you off, but real yep. quick, it's being in Antioch in 1990. Did you hear about Sadis and all that stuff that was going on out there? Uh, well, at, at the time, so what happened was, is uh, we're living in Vallejo, and so I'm in Antioch for just a few weeks while we okay. figure out what to do, and I'm not meeting anybody there. And then we go to Vallejo, and I'm not meeting anybody there, but then we're getting in his car, and we're driving across the Benicia Bridge to Concord, mm. and there's a um, Rasputin Records there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, yep. and they have a whole metal oh, yeah, section indeed. and all that. And For so sure. we're going and there's bulletin boards and there's a place next to it called like right down the street called guitars plus it's a music store oh, yeah. and I'm going in there on pleasant hill or on uh, what is that called? Uh, Contra Costa Boulevard. I'm going mm. in there and I'm seeing on the bullet on the bulletin boards, all these people wanting to jam all you know drummer looking for guitar but wanting to form band all these you know all these one ads right just piled up on there and i compare that to what we had in austin at waterloo records or whatever the place was and it was just nothing going on in austin it was austin was um had a tiny metal scene mm -hmm. and i go over to i go over to the bay area i go to concord and it's just and then we went down to San Francisco and I start going into the music stores and everything. And it becomes, we pick up BAM magazine, you know, BAM magazine, Bay Area Music yeah, magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And you open it up and you, and you see the stone and the Omni, right? Those, mm -hmm. those yep. two clubs, you see the calendars in there and it's just nice. huge metal bands just every week, multiple, 
you know, and all the Bay Area bands. It's cool. it's it's everything. It's just it's just jumping, right? Oh, yeah. So the Bay Area is just jumping with metal and with musicians and people looking for bassist and drummer. And I, so that was it's like, wow, I can actually form a band here. I can actually do something with it's music possible, instead of just yeah. it's possible to do something. And I eventually, um, I think the the first guy that I uh, that I ever, I think maybe the first guy I jammed with was a guy named James Santiago, and he had he lived in that area, and he had a a, a post up for um, looking for whatever people to jam with play metal, and he later was in the band Forty Grit. Oh so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah first, he was in Obsidian, which is another band uh -huh. from okay. the Bay Area. It sounded like Metallica or, or Testament or something. And then he was in Forty Grit. And then he totally got out remember of, Forty Grit. He got out of the whole thing, but I, but I, but he was a shredder, and uh, and and so I remember jamming with James. It was another guy named Andy Lyman, who was just a, th a thrash guitar player. I jammed with. I started finding drummers. Started jamming with drummers. Had to sometimes go to Oakland or San Francisco and you know go to people's band practices and just kind of started doing it. And I was working in these oil refineries and we were doing shutdowns. So the oil refinery shuts down a certain section of the refinery and then they have to do all their maintenance over a period of a month or six weeks or something. And so all the contractors go in there and, and we'd go in there and do stuff. And uh, then I'd be off work for whatever couple months or something until until oh, yeah. you get called for another job mm -hmm. and um so that's when i'd be jamming and i did that back and forth for about two to maybe maybe two two and a half years i kind of went back and forth between working for these refinery companies different ones going to la sometimes sometimes working in the bay area going to maybe salt lake city or wherever and, and working in these refineries on these shutdowns and what I was doing at the time actually was what's called stress relieving. And you wrap, you wrap welded pipes with heating elements and you heat up welded mm -hmm. pipes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, it, you gotta be careful, but it's, it doesn't, you know, it's not too technical. And during um, all that time, you're thinking, I can't wait until I can go jam again. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I'm telling the guys that I just met, you know, oh, sorry guys, I'm going to be gone for the next six weeks. You know, yeah. and then I'm, I'm doing that back and forth and nothing can really take off while I'm doing that until I finally say, okay, I'm just not going to take any more of these refinery jobs and I'm going to have to find something else. The refinery jobs paid okay too. So I'm going to have to find something else. Was that like an independent contractor type deal or how did that work? Yeah. In, um, the way that works is in that whole milieu or whatever you have oil refiners it's like this all over the all over the world you'll have an oil refinery whether it's in the bay area or whether it's in houston or wherever and around the oil refinery the oil refiner will always be next to the water and there will always be some kind of industrial neighborhoods around it right because it's mm -hmm. you know it's kind of off to the edge of society Right. And, um, and so then there will always be all this sort of industrial contractors that will surround the oil refinery. So all these roll up door warehouse, warehouse type buildings, and you'll have pipe, um, you know, companies that do all kinds of piping and instrumentation and, and welding vessels together and all kinds of industrial kinds of, um, 
contracting is going on all around there. And so, um, so there, these are all independent companies for the most part. Sometimes they have, you know, sometimes you'll have a company that has an office in maybe Texas where they have a lot of refineries and the Bay Area or something like that. But most of the time they're smaller companies and they're servicing the refinery on contracts. And the refineries are constantly doing maintenance. So they're always shutting down different areas of the refinery and bringing in these contractors work for a short period of time, then they move to another part. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the culture of the whole oil refinery maintenance world. And uh, when I actually went out there, the original job that I was supposed to get didn't happen. So I had to go around to the industrial park in Benicia and I had to go, you know, knock on doors and find work. Mm, And uh, so I did and I got into stress relieving and I, I learned how to, you know, what that was about and kind of stayed with those kind of companies for a couple of years. And then after that, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore because I, I, I started finding musicians that were good and I wanted to jam. And I was good enough at that point to actually be able to, you know, not make a fool of myself or whatever. And so, um, and so then I started working at doing other things, worked at Guitar Center, um, worked for... Uh, worked for a company that did housing insulation, you know, anything that I could stay there in the Bay Area and have weekends off. and Yeah, enough and, to pay the bills so you had enough time to jam. Yeah, and yeah. I would be renting a room from somebody. And uh, there was one period where I rented a room from a bunch of people in Benicia. There was like a house of a bunch of musicians and music people. And I met a lot of people through that whole thing and were they metal adjacent or were they yeah just they're all thing? yeah a bunch of metal heads living at this house in benicia nice and um so doing that and then and i'm kind of just kind of expanding out because i kind of settled in contra i settled up in you know that area around conquer vallejo and around that refinery and yeah. those refineries i kind of so I, then i kind of expanded out started going down to oakland and by 94, I had a band called Entropy that was practicing in Oakland. Okay. And I've got to put that demo up online at some point. Yeah, I, I, dude. I remastered it. And nice. it's, There's yeah, a lot of people but, that would want to hear that, dude, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, I, I, I think it, there was a vile YouTube channel that's got shut down because I didn't use it for a long time. But I think that might have been on there at one point. It's been uh. out, but... Uh, not for a long time, and it had that band had uh, well at the time in 1994 in the Bay Area, you're going to have a very hard time finding a fast double bass drummer. Mm-hmm. Right. In 90, you're going to find have a hard time anywhere in the world finding somebody that could play, you know, death seems, and seems morbid difficult. Angel. Yes, seems yes. Like difficult. Very it's difficult. new. It was it wasn't a very yeah. common thing, too, right? Wasn't that common, right? We, yeah. we found this guy. So I I put out an ad in the in the in the newspaper and Bam or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a, called the Classified Flea Market. Is <laughs> what it was called. Yeah. And um and and found a basis. I found Matt Matt Favor, who is the original basis for Vile, and he was from New York, but he was out there and he had five or six string bass and he was into death metal and he knew the Florida bands and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
there are some other steps of some other guys I jammed with. It was a guy named Richard, a drummer I, ha I had a project with for a little while. It was a guy named Ed McKeon, another drummer I played with in, in San Leandro in some roll-up door storage thing. I played sort of like thrash, more thrash-oriented metal with him. So I had some kind of other people that I had jammed with and done stuff with, but nothing, we could never get anything together. But this one here called Entropy had this guy named Uranio, Uranio Hunter, hmm. who ended up killing himself about oh shit, year oh, and a half later, two years later. I think we had the Yikes. band for about a year and a half or two years. And he was kind of a, we didn't, I didn't even know that before oh. I met him, he had a huge heroin problem. And that the moment that we met him and put this band together with him, he was clean. And that he had, that was the, that was the period in which he was clean and mm -hmm. um, was able to come to band practice and not be a flake and all that. Mm -hmm. But so we, 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 I, that band had me and Matt and Uranio and then Aaron Strong, who was later the guitar player from Vile, he was also from Concord, and I knew him through friends and got him to start coming down to Oakland where the practice was. And Aaron sang. He was he was doing low vocals. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So we had a four-piece yes. at that point. So we had we had everything. Put together a whole set, 10 songs or something like that. On the in the same place on the other side of us. Skin Lab was practicing. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. And uh, Skin Lab was practicing. And so we hooked, we we talked to them and they would come over and they'd they'd be like, Whoa, dude, you got a good drummer. You know, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This guy smokes. You know, yeah, so so there was nice. some respect there. And I was like, okay, so I got made made friends with Steve and Skin Lab. And then yeah. Steve had Brian Regan, who was in a band from Concord called uh Circle of Vengeance that uh, jack yeah. gibson was in that's the basis of exodus he was originally in circle of vengeance and they were a progressive thrash metal band brian regan started jamming with skin um with um with skin lab and coming down and i'd be like dude what's up brian you know i knew him from concord because um i'd go to hang out with circle of vengeance see them go to their practices and stuff and i guess i'm missing i've kind of skipped the the whole kind of part where I kind of found the Concord metal scene. I guess that's in there. That's back in there too. I found, I was jamming with people and then I sort of found other people that were metalheads. started going to shows and I sort of found the scene mm -hmm. in, in that area. And people knew me as a, a, a guy that played guitar and was trying to do his own thing, but didn't have anything going on and there right. wasn't a whole lot of availability. So if you, if you had a, a working band going, you're, you're, you're doing good. And it was when entropy came out, we played a couple shows and people got to hear us and stuff. That's when people were like, Oh, this guy actually can do something. You know, yeah. he actually put together a 10 song set. We heard from Steve and Brian that it's good. And that's when it was kind of like, Oh, Colin, you know, you're, you're, you're a real musician. Oh, okay. And um, so then that band did a little bit and was around until Uranio uh, died. And then, um, and then basically, I kind of I was I was living in Concord, and I stopped going down to Oakland. And Matt was living in Oakland, but uh, Aaron was also in Concord, and we kind of just went back to our little our our caves or a little back to our 
where we were from and um the guy and and Juan Ortiaga mm-hmm. a singer of Vile mm-hmm. he had um Okay, so Aaron Strong, um, singer who later became the guitar player of Vile, he was friends with a guy named Mark Mark Varian, who was also a drummer. And Mark Varian had a band with Juan Urtiaga called Lords of Chaos, mm, that practiced in Concord. And um, that band, that band practiced rehearsal studio in Concord. And because of Mark and because Mark was good friends with Aaron, I just started going over there and hanging out. It's like, okay, Uranio's dead now. We went to his funeral. I don't have a band anymore. And um, I'm just going to go hang out with Aaron. And Aaron's going over to this practice place with these guys. So I'm going over there and just hanging out or whatever. And that's all I was doing. And I was just kind of hanging out there and maybe showing Andre, the other guitar player of the band, some of my riffs and kind of just hanging out and that kind of stuff. And at some point, nice. Mark or somebody, no, I know what it was. They lost their bassist and Aaron started playing bass for them. Mm. And so mm-hmm. then at that point, they kind of said, okay, let's let's ask Colin to play second guitar. So it'll be Colin and Andre on guitar. It'll be Aaron on bass. It'll be Juan on vocals and Mark on drums. And that was Lords of Chaos. And that band played one show, I think. They had played some other shows on their own, but with with me and Aaron. that lineup, yeah. That lineup. Mm -hmm. So this is 1994, late 94, early 95. And, but what happened was soon as i got in the band at first it was like okay i'm starting to learn the riffs and so i can you know have something to do and play with these guys Mm -hmm. and they already have a set i'm not overly excited about it because i want to play my own music yeah and but but okay i'm gonna do it and then i'll end up writing some songs with them or whatever but what ended up happening was the more i got integrated in the band and listening closely the more i realized how sloppy everybody was mm-hmm. and how people weren't really conscientious <laughs> with what they were doing, whether it's the drummer or, or whoever. Yeah, totally. And, and I'm like, Hey, so let's, let's break this down. You know? So what are you doing over there? You know? Oh, I'm doing this. I'm like, yeah. okay, but play it slow. Uh, right. Uh, well, slow. I don't know. It's like this. No, play <laughs> it slow. What notes are these? Uh, oh, well, Okay, you know, trying to break it down. And the same thing with the drummer. I'm like, hey, Mark, you know, what do you, when we play these double bass parts, I can't hear your kick drums, man. It's too quiet. So I need to know what you're playing. So can you show me just nobody else playing? Just show me what you're playing right there. Oh, man, don't ask me to play by myself like that, blah, blah, blah. And he starts getting triggered and um <laughs> the pun not uh, intended it's yeah triggered and drum triggered at the same time <laughs> obviously this is before triggers and that's why <laughs> right. and, in, and so that's in why fact, you couldn't hear him when he was triggered before triggers. Oh, and if you brought up triggers with him he didn't like that he didn't want to hear about triggers and uh, yeah, yeah. um and so the, the whole I, thing's a rat race i like mark and uh and i i wrote some some songs with him separately that were more simple like doomy stuff 
and um and he's actually a good drummer but he just what uh death metal drumming is kind of a it's it's kind of an athletic sport yeah and yeah, yeah it is for you sure. don't even have to be a musician that's the really whole thing to, dude you know, it's a fucking race it's, for, it's an athlete's thing and yeah. the whole the mentality of it is an athlete's mentality it's all about being athletic and so if you don't have an athlete's mentality mm-hmm. um then it's not going to work in extreme metal mm-hmm. and so what happened was and i had been jamming with uranio and i kind of knew what was possible and so we started constructively you know i started constructively trying to work with, with on the whole thing and make it better and stuff and there was some improvement and all of that happened but then i think me and Juan actually conspired a little bit. And we, we, what happened was Juan started buying recording equipment. He was in, he was, um, he said he had some funds and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to start recording our band practices. Rad. And What's somebody that? already had an eight track tape player, a four track tape machine or something. He bought something. I don't know what it was, some kind of task camp thing or something it was a little more advanced and we started recording at band practice and then that's when we really started to hear what was going on and Juan he was exempt from criticism because he was the vocalist Mm -hmm. and he could do his vocal parts and so he kind of looked he's kind of looked at me and it's like well Colin is more serious than the other guys in this band with me right and he's telling me that these guys are kind of not up to speed here and mm-hmm. they don't seem to have a whole lot of energy to to improve and so um hmm. so what do we do and it was around that time that the you know it, it I, I kind of feel bad almost not t- you know talking about people and uh from the past and saying you know they they but it's it's just it's just honest because at some point musicians reach a stage where you either commit to the art that you commit to the thing you commit to the art you commit to the path right. and you just yeah. put everything into it and you say I'm going to get over these deficiencies I'm going to get my playing better I'm mm. going to do this or you don't yeah mm-hmm. Sure. And, it takes a lot of work, dude. It takes yeah. a lot of work. And you just say, I'm going to commit and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to go to the nth degree of whatever I can. I'm going to go, go the full way. Sure. Yeah. And you, and you find, you start finding the people who are more in it for fun and more in it for just having a good time and just, you know, whatever. And then the people who are saying, no, I want to be a professional musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. so right. that's what happened in that band. And that's where me and Juan basically said, we want to be professional musicians. Yeah. And next level, these guys don't want to do that. And that realization and that attitude started leading to fights and stuff like that. And then the drummer kicked us out of the practice pad because he didn't, um, he wasn't, uh, he, he was renting it. He was on the contract. We rented a place across the street and then we were just going to reform the band. We we're going to find a new drummer. And, um, that's kind of where we were in 95 late 95 it was it was about at winter of 95 and me and juan were 
out of, we knew that we liked each other and we were serious people and we were both into recording. I was already into recording. He was into it. And we just rented a place across the street and it was just nice. the two of yeah. us and the original, the other guitar player from Lords of Chaos. We said, you know, you can be in the project with us too, but he didn't really come around that much. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know what was deal with Aaron was, Oh, I called my old bass player, Matt, Matt, you want to be in something with us? Yeah. I'll, he said, okay, but we didn't have a drummer. And so we kind of just were like, yeah. all right, we're on pause. Right. And that, and that's, and then that's when we started the drummer hunt and it took us about maybe six months to find Mike. The drummer hunt dude. So yeah. tell us about how you found awesome. Mike. Right. Yeah, how did, how did awesome. Mike come about? Dude, yeah, we love Mike, so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. This is a great story. Now. So then, um, so yes. Yes, it was, okay, yeah. so there's, again, there's hardly anybody around that can play fast and, 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 yeah. and solid. Totally. And we already determined that we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna mess around and that, and that we wanted it, we wanted mm -hmm. to be able to record the drummer and listen back and go, yeah, that's solid. We're, you know, that we wanted that. We knew we needed right. that. And, and we're in that stage of history where there's very few people and there's thrash drummers around, but they're not double bass people. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking around and nothing's really happening. And then there's a guy named Tilo Fellinger. Tilo, it's a German name. He's a German living in America, living in, in the Bay Area. And he's, he's, he later got into live sound and he's the live sound guy for death angel exodus and uh, some okay. bay, large bay area bands and that's his he does that now and um he's total pro but tilo um he lived in fairfield so this is this is solano county this is is it even solano county it's north it's 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 well north it's 45 minutes an hour north of of 45 minutes north of Concord. It's kind of in another scene entirely. And if you're not out there, you don't really know what's going on out there. And Batila was living out there. And we, I don't remember how we met him, but I, uh, oh, we, we, he had a band called Alistair, like Alistair Crowley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it sounded like Metallica. And they would play in Concord. And we would talk to them and they were a tight band. And, um, and he was the drummer. And he said, well, you're looking for a double bass drummer. You need Mike Hamilton. Okay. And we're like, oh, Mike Hamilton. Okay. Well, okay. Who, hook us up. And he's like, I'll hook you up. Next time I see Mike, I'll I'll tell him, you know, give me your number. I'll tell him to call you. And um, didn't, you know, a month later or something, we probably saw him again, Tilo, or two months later, maybe. We're like, we're haven't heard from Mike, you know what? Um, He's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen him yet, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, he got Mike's phone number, and he told Mike, these guys are going to call you. And I remember actually mm -hmm. being in the Safeway on Monument Boulevard at the Four Corners location and calling Mike on the phone, <laughs> on the pay phone. Nice. And, uh, yeah, man, I heard about you, and blah, 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 blah. And so we got his address. Oh, he told me straight up, he's like, I'm interested or whatever, but I'm telling you straight up front, my buddy Jim is my buddy from, from high school, and we write songs together, and I want to do something with Jim. So we, I would like Jim to be in the band too, if we do anything. 
Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, we have a guitar player, the guy from Lords of Chaos. He's like, yep. Yeah. And we went, we said, okay, well, let's go up there. We went up to Fairfield where their practice studio was. And um, we got in there and we met him and Jim and we listened to Mike play and we were just like, oh shit, okay. Uh -huh. uh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. This, guy, this guy's better than my old drummer, Uranio, and he plays suffocation perfectly. And um, this, this guy's yeah. the best, best drummer I ever jammed with for, for metal. <laughs> And uh, Jim was tight too, and they had songs, and they they jammed for us, and we stood there and listened. And um, is that Jimmy T? Jimmy T. Nice. Jimmy Shout T. Shout out Jimmy T. Nice. Jimmy oh, yeah. T. Cots. And um, so, and then, so then we started, I, and, and they were like, "Okay, well, you got some riffs. Let's see what you got." You know, and I said, "Well, I got some riffs." And Jim's like, "Well, I got some riffs." And we started putting together a song on the first band practice. It's called "Processions of Destruction," and it was on the first Vile demo, and um, it was later re released on the European version of "Stench of the Deceased." And um, so that song, and. Um, we, we wrote that song in, and we, we came back, you know, the next weekend and in, in a couple weekends or maybe three or something, we wrote that mm -hmm. whole song. And uh, nice. we were like, okay, this is working. And um, these guys, yeah. they're, they're not flaking. They're still there when we go, you know, we, we, we call them and we say next Saturday or whatever, and they're there and it's, it's working and songs going together. And uh, so we did that for a while and then we started to get them to come down to our practice studio in Concord because Matt, the bassist, would have had to come from Oakland and Aaron was in Concord. And so we got them to drive down. And that later uh, became yeah. a problem because it was a 45 minute drive one way and then a 45 minute drive back. Yeah. It later ended up to kind of some flaky stuff happening, you know, just because life happens, not because they were big flakes, but just because life happens and and you know, and we're so far away yeah so but um but anyway that's and 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 then but we did we uh and, and we started practicing at the new place in concord and all, all, so it was it was me it was aaron strong uh, no so here it was me it was it was um yeah aaron funny it's interesting aaron was not the second oh right it was it was, it was me jim on guitar Mike on drums, Matt Favor on bass, and Juan on vocals. That's the original Vial band that was not on Stench of the Seas, but was on the first two demos. Mm -hmm. And then Jim okay. left the band mm -hmm. because he was um, drinking too much. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of it. Hitting the and, ooze too much? Yeah. Huh? Just hitting the ooze too much, the booze? Yep. 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 And um, not that he couldn't play, <laughs> he could. But it ended up being, he ended up being, it, he ended up getting into fights with Juan. Mm. And oh, they ended shit. up, yeah. they ended up, you know, not, not like you know, physical. Oh, almost. Yeah. Oh, damn. It, Jesus. With me one time, at least almost or physical at some point. I remember Jim actually grabbed me by the neck and threw me up against the door. Whoa. He's Jeez. bigger than me. And, and that that was the end of it actually that was the final straw yeah was, yeah yeah and uh see now on this podcast we're getting personal information stuff that's 
you know, about yeah. band members that, that I have mentioned yeah. before, and I have absolutely nothing, no hard feelings against any of the yeah, guys. Yeah, it's in the past. I mean, things, you know, oh, in totally heated situations good. and stuff, yeah. sometimes yeah. things get out of control. And, it's it's yeah. it's in the past. Water on the bridge, yeah. water on the bridge. Guys in their early 20s. The guys in their early to mid-20s. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. we all, you know. Yeah. And yeah, um, just hitting the cheese yeah, super hard. Like you never know what's going to happen if people are drinking too much. Yeah, and that, yeah. and so, but, and so, and then, and truthfully, I think I would have. I think, I think, if it wasn't that me and Juan were both fighting with him, I think we would have, we would have, um, what would have worked out. But it just got too volatile, and I don't, I don't remember if. How, how the actual split was, but that was kind of the obvious end, end of the whole thing. I do remember Juan saying, Jim owed Juan money. And I remember Juan holding on to one of his Marshall guitar cabs and saying, oh, you, ain't, you ain't getting this until you pay me. And he's like, Hostage. I don't have the money. I need my cabinet back. Nope, you ain't getting it. Uh, I remember there was a whole kind of a deal there. And then, so, so that happened. And then um, that started the that started a kind of pull where uh that kind of started a psychic kind of a pull where unconsciously mike started to kind of fall away from the band because jim was out mm -hmm. and so the two buddies were and so mikey has to have to come out to practice by himself and so then um that eventually led, and I, you, I, 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 man, this was a major problem. This is a major breakup because we had, we had been going to Milwaukee Metal Fest, and we had been, um, we had been progressing as a band, and we got, we had uh, relapse even picked us up. We got picked up by relapse. Oh, right. Wow. Er, early two thousand, relapse awesome. picked us up. Played awesome. Milwaukee Metal Fest three times with uh, on the relapse stage um like two years in a row one time at the, in san antonio they had another gig and um and everything was progressing great but there was this feeling that mike was somehow getting disinterested mm -hmm. uh -huh. and later um you know he everybody knows that knows vile knows that mike eventually left vile and went and started jamming with deeds of flesh right yep. And yep. we had, we had, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I had skipped here. We had toured with deeds and, um, and so then suddenly he just shows up at practice and says, guys, I'm out. I'm, I'm moving to San Luis Obispo. I'm going to join deeds of flesh. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. oh, and, yeah. um, turns out there was all this stuff going on with personal stuff with him and his girlfriend and his family and all this other stuff. And I almost don't blame him. He just needed to get out of Dodge. Right. He needed to get out of Dodge. He's in his twenties. Everybody's yeah. Everybody in their twenties is sleeping on couches or living here or there or doing whatever. And Mike's decision was this is becoming hell for me in my personal life for a number of reasons. I, I got to get out of this area. I got to go. Right, yep. and he had and Deeds of Flesh needed a drummer at the time, so he knew he could join them. And Deeds also took um, Jim, mm -hmm. and so Jim and Mike went and joined Deeds, and they both moved down to San Luis Obispo, and you know we were fucking pissed. Yeah. You know? So because we're signed to Relapse and we're cruising, and these guys just these guys you know cut. 
Right. So one guy cuts, but we could, but Aaron came in to replace him. And then Mike cuts on us. Why? We just got signed to relapse. Why are you cutting on us? You know, so that, um, so that caused a major rift. There was a major rift there and there was other drama that ensued after that. And there was a major, we were pissed. And so in the meantime, we got dropped from relapse because we couldn't get the album together in time and they decided to go in a different direction. And so that kind of, that was a major thing. Now, I, um, I have no problems with Mike whatsoever. He's a friend and everything. And maybe Mike can sometime talk about what was going on at the time, mm-hmm. but it almost, sure. you know, it almost doesn't matter because, um, it's just what, what people, just what musicians in their twenties do. It's like Dave Mustaine and Metallica right. story, right? You know? And it's like, this is just what people do at that age when they're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with their lives. And, and yeah. And so. it's really not worth giving any extreme energy to anybody's past because it's, it's all memories that we're just conjuring up again now on a live podcast. It really isn't anything that matters today. And your children anymore. back then your children, like it's like, you, you don't know how to deal with like when you deal with things, you deal with it. Like if you like, put in retrospect how you deal with things now versus like oh yeah your 20s like you know like it's insane like you know if if only i could have responded to the situation as i would now back then which was just a kind of an infantile just slamming the door in his face and saying f you and screw you and us you know and all just being mad you know and all that and holding on to anger for you for several years yeah and um but at the same time, though, it's, um, you know, I've thought about the whole situation a lot. And there was other things that happened in Vile with other musicians. And, you know, I think that was the, the, the a kind of the, a, a big, that was a big thing because we, because Relapse signed Nile before and they signed Origin, they signed Cephalic Carnage, they signed us. And we were like, okay, we're going to be like those bands. We're, we got a career now. We're going to be mm-hmm. touring. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing all this stuff. And we got something going on. And then, boom, right there, it broke. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then within a few months of that happening, um, maybe, it was, no, maybe it was not a few months. It was about a year. Within a year of that happening, we ended up getting dropped. Now, I found Tyson. Yeah. found Tyson because of Derek Boyer, the basis for now suffocation, then deprecated yep okay and Derek Boyer uh decrepit birth news from San Diego yep uh and he he told us about Tyson so I went down to San Diego I met Tyson and I I had heard his early band and um started jam with Tyson and I was you know who was he playing with before that it was called obelisk okay okay little band that he had going on and that's how I got to hear he could play and I started going down there, driving down there 10 hours, you know, and jamming in his garage and putting together Depopulate. Mm-hmm. And we took three songs that we had written with Mike. And then we, um, uh, he learned those first. And then we um, put the other, another six or seven together or whatever and put together Depopulate. And I would go down there once a month and stay for the weekend. I'd bring all my stuff, all my riffs, and we'd put together a song. And, um, and 
and that's when and that's when relapse was like you guys got that album done yet and we're like no it's it's when is it going to be out it's going to be at least another six months and they're like okay well listen we're going to go in another direction we're signing dillinger escape plan and other stuff and we're not mm-hmm. gonna we're mm-hmm. not doing that De- andy hosner the nr guy that worked for that signed all of us death metal bands he's gone now and so we're doing something else at relapse sorry yeah and yeah. Yeah. So that, and so that just made me angrier about the whole situation, but, um, but we got signed to listenable French label, which is good label. Yeah. yeah. And we got on unique leader for America for North American distribution. Uh-huh. And so that's a, you know, that label had the, they're totally involved in the scene and everything. And they re-released Stench of the Deceased too, right? They, no, they didn't. They just oh, put okay. out they put out Depopulate, and then the one after that, New Age of Chaos. Um, so what was the? Um, I'm and I'm yeah cutting mm-hmm. forward, but yeah. you had a re-release of of Stench of the Deceased again, right? Um, did it come on? Did it? it well, come yeah, out it on came out two thousand two thousand three. Yeah, listenable records signed Depopulate. They put that out. Then they re-released Censure of the Cease the next year. I guess it would have been 2004, something mm-hmm. like that, three or four. They put out, re-released that, and that we had a three-album deal with them. And then they did New Age of Chaos. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, yeah, so um, so the band went forward and everything worked out. We started doing tours, European tours, and and everything is the way it's supposed to be, and everything's fine. But there was that there was a and it's almost like I look back at it and it's almost like the whole split where we got dropped from relapse and where Mike and Jim left and the whole split um, was indicative. This is on a more spiritual matter, a uh, 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 way of looking at it. It was indicative of my own split in my own consciousness about mm. being a professional musician. Yeah. And what really happened there was that that split where those guys left and the label dropped us was kind of a, a, a preamble to not only the other guys in Vile eventually leaving a couple of years later, but my own decision not to become a hardcore touring musician. Yeah. I saw the lifestyle of van touring life. Right, right. And yeah. I, I said, no, we need, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. And so if I had gone on the whole relapse thing, you know, I remember talking to Origin that they, they had already done like 10 US van tours before they even went to Europe for, le- for relapse. They were working the hell out of those guys. And they were eating, you know, peanut butter and jelly on white bread and stuff and sleeping in the van and all this. And I'm just like, no, I want, I want, I want to, I want to be, I want a better treatment than that. And, right. um, I mean, it was fine to do a, you know, four or five of those, you know, but, but then that was it. So what really was happening with the split is it was almost like this is just a split that was going to happen anyway. This was going to yeah. happen anyway. It, the vial was going to have to go from being five buddies that are all living in Concord doing this thing together to doing me running the band as a brand kind of and hiring people in for every project. 
that yeah. would have happened anyway, no matter what had happened. I wasn't ready for it to happen at the time, but it would have happened. I would have eventually, I would have been on relapse and I would have just been telling them, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so it, so really it, it all is just the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. So how long after uh, Depopulate came out did we tour together? When did Depopulate come out? I think it was 2002. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah, because we toured, what, 2006 together. Yeah. Yeah. We already had the next one out, New Age of Chaos. And in those days... Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. In those days, three years Mm. to put out an album was a long-ass time. Yeah. It was like, guys, why is it taking Mm -hmm. you so long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now to put out an album in three years—that's quick. Yep. So putting an album out every three years, you're you're moving along. So the mm-hmm. the lineup that uh, so New Age of Chaos. What was that lineup? So New Age of Chaos now was was Tyson on drums, mm-hmm. Juan on vocals, um. Me and actually, it was during that day, Matt, the original bass player, had 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 left, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he he just you know he's he made the same decision I made basically that you know I want to I, I don't want to be stuck in the van all the time, right? And so he saw that was where it was going, and he he left a little earlier, and he actually left he left in two thousand two. Actually, he played on half of Depopulate, and I had another guy, a guy we knew named Lars play the other bass um a great bassist he 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 did that so he had already been gone for a while and so jack gibson again jack gibson the exodus bassist he lived in the neighborhood right across from my studio i had a studio next to juan me and juan both had a studio in that same area in pacheco technically and uh jack lived across the street and so jack started to um uh, I just I asked him, hey, can you do you want to do this? Do you want to play? Do you want to? And he, I don't remember how I approached him or whatever. He agreed to do it, and every, I think every weekend he came over. He kind of learned the material at at home a little bit, and he came over and just tracked the bass every weekend, another song, until um, till that was done. So he was the bassist on New Age of Chaos. And then I needed a bass player. Um, what did I do after that? Who played bass? I think Matt came back is what it was. Oh, okay. Did you have Matt? Jeff Jeff Hugel in the band for a while? Yeah, long? and then that's, I just remembered. So then there was, okay. I'm kind of giving you the big steps and like the, the big dramas going on, but there was all yeah, kinds of little crazy. things that were going on in, yeah. in the meantime. Jeff Hewell, who later played in, he plays in Six Feet Under, he right. was in the band for about a year, year and a half, from uh, 2000 to about 2001, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, there's a Marco Petrozella. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most drums. Person. Uh, yeah, he, he came, he <laughs> played crazy, for us dude. in 2006. That's yeah. sick, dude. Um, it, it all goes around and around, dude. Reno Kielerike, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. the Danish drummer, Reno, he... Yep. Um, mm-hmm. seen you guys with Reno. I've seen you guys with Tyson. Yep. Jo- yep. Uh, Jacoby from Deeds of Flesh told us Who was the guy on tour? Who did you have? Lance. Remember then Lance? we had Lance. Yeah, yeah, Lance, yeah, yeah. Lance Wright. He played yeah, yeah. drums yeah, on the so tour. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to get into that. Like, because yep. I, I, 
I befriended your lineup on tour. Yeah, Erland and bloodletting. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, dude. Like, I want to know all that. Like, like the best bass player like in the world you had on your fucking. How did, just, you, how, how did you? How did you find Lance? How did you find Erland? And then how did you find the the brothers? Mike and the guitar player guy too. That who's that guy's name? That was like the shredder, the guitar player guy. Uh, Luke. His name Luke. Hmm. Shredder guitar player. Um, I'm a JJ. <laughs> yeah, that was like. Oh no, that was Deeds of Flesh. Oh my god. I'm uh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. There was a guy named JJ. Sean played in Deeds of Flesh. Sean yeah. Played, Sean. Sean played yeah, in yeah, Deeds. Yeah, so this is what happened yeah. is is Vile went from being, you know, more or less the same kind of guys and different incarnations of entropy, Lords of Chaos. There was Matt was also in another band called Thanatopsis. They're kind of more or less Bay Area death metal guys and 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 East Bay guys. And it went from that kind of tribe to me basically getting whoever I could get from wherever I could get anywhere in the world. Whoever could make it work and we could take these tours or or make an album and file switched over from being a regular band to a band to where we've now have i'm probably the guys that are in the band now i probably on my like there's probably been 30 guys in vile now yeah yep so um and so a lot of guys came in they would do one tour or they play on the album or i would kind of try to restrict the album stuff to the guys that were going to be in the band more seriously yeah um but um yeah so and that's so erlin so, is obviously yeah. just like hearing blood red throne is that the type of deal that was going on yeah or? so i guess i could just go you know just for just the history of it i could go okay so stench of the deceased we described the original band members and then depopulate is the same more or less the same band members except um except tyson on drums mm -hmm. and um and then uh and then there's new age of chaos and again that's uh yeah then it's me tyson and juan and so it's kind of more or less the same but jack's playing bass that's okay. the end of the kind of uh um main main kind of deal there and then the tours though were different because not everybody would be interested in doing the tours. so there was uh there was a 2003 okay well there was the early tours with deeds and stuff in, in the united states and all the milwaukee metal fests and all that stuff but in 2003 there was a european tour and that was the original band that was on depopulate but without tyson he was going to college and that would be reno playing drums Okay, Reno. Panzer so, Christ. Panzer Christ. Uh, uh, ex Mortem. Right. What was ex, the ex, 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 yeah. ex, ex Order? No, Ex Mortem. Ex Mortem. You're right. Yeah. Yep. And so that's uh, that's that tour 2003, and then there's um, then there's 2004 Cannibal Corpse, and yep. oh, yeah. that that's again that's Reno, and but that time it's Erlen playing bass, and it's Reno, and it's me. And oh, so Erlen's already on on with the Cannibal Tour. Er Erlen's no, is he? No, Christ, he's not. It's Matt. It's Matt Favor, the original bass player, okay. back again. He's kind of coming and going depending on what he wants to do. And um, so there's that. And 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 so okay, okay. So it's it's me, it's Juan, it's it's Matt Favor on bass. It's, it's Reno on drums, and it is, okay, yeah, Erlen on bass, and it is Luke Yeager on guitars. 
Mm. Okay. Okay. And I found him through posting on MySpace or Facebook or something, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and so I went up to Seattle once and jammed with him once and he just learned everything Then he came down and just, we, did we met Luke at a, actually, um, it's been talked about many times on the show, but, uh, we used the, the in Santa Cruz, not me, but Joel and Casey used to stay at a house together and we used to have house parties and shows there and brought sleep terror out for oh. it. It's one of the first show. shows. Yeah, it's like one of the first and last shows that we had at that place because it got wild. Oh, for, for Sleep Terror, though, I think it was one of their first shows. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where we met Luke, too. It's and been Dave, from David from Kettle. Yeah, was, David from Cattle. Yeah, David McGraw. Dave McGraw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. He was the was drummer a... of Sleep Terror. So wild, for... dude. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I love this intertwining like thing that. Yeah. We're, once you're in the bubble, it starts mm-hmm. to just like weave into itself. You yes, know? right. Yep. That's it's the certain scene, and once you're in the scene, and you're in the and you're at the level of pro musicians who are committing. Right. Yeah. Then you know, then then everybody's everybody knows each other, and then it starts to go. It was it was what happened with um with uh, something happened with um where most bands kind of stick to their own state or their own nation or whatever to get their guys. And, but I first went to Europe in 1999 with on a physically, physically went there in 99 with, with, um, some, some of the guys in 40 grit Mm -hmm. and, and Tilo Fellinger and, and, um, skin lab. I just yeah. I tagged along. The Skin Lab was gonna play the Dynamo Fest, and okay. and Forty Grit was gonna play at the Dynamo Club, not the fest. But they were gonna play at the Dynamo Club with SOD, and they were gonna make a trip out of it. And their manager, this this famous woman named Debbie Abono, hmm. from the Bay Area, she managed Possessed originally, and some oh, other nice. Bay Area bands. She I brought th- them over there. I think we've heard about her on the show previously too. Yep, Debbie. This is the second time. Debbie Abono, yeah, Debbie Abono. Yeah. yeah, she was a Bay Area thrash metal uh, manager woman, and she she brought Forty Grit out there and Skin Lab. I, I or they went out on their own, and we're all kind of tagging along. I went with that, and I went out there and I met a bunch of Dutch metalheads, and then I went back out in 2002 or something a couple of years later just to kind of network mm-hmm. and um i was hanging out with the guys from a dutch band called mangled yeah mangled which is like cannibal style kind of death metal mm-hmm. mangled and um and then i was out there in 2002 just kind of hanging and they and they were putting together their own European tour, and they uh, they said, "Hey, well, why doesn't Vile headline this tour?" And we had just put out Depopulate, and I'm like, "Well, Vile's never been to Europe before. Vile's not a headliner, guys." And they're like, "No, no, Vile is a headliner." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you you don't you don't know. We're all listening to Depopulate. Everybody wants that album, and it's you guys are a headliner for sure. I was like, okay, and um, awesome. so they so they they put the they, they um, guy named uh, Wilco uh, 
put together the tour, him and another guy named Rob. They put the tour together and it was vile headlining. It was disavowed as support. Wow. It was mangled for, uh, under them for two weeks of the tour and another Dutch band called Inhume. Yeah. For the other two weeks of the tour. And then it was Spawn of Possession from Sweden as the opener. Shout out, Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 2003. That was March, April of 2003. What a killer fucking lineup, dude. And and that's where I got, um, and I got Reno to do that. Nice. And, And so from that point on, from hanging out with these Dutchies and getting Reno in the band and all that, I realized that I can get people from anywhere in the world. Yes. They can learn the album. They can fly out or I can meet, I can fly out. I can meet them, you know, a week before the tour. You've expanded your grid, expanded my grid. And I'm like, okay, I'm international now. And I just, I can pull from wherever. And that's the kind of, and then that kind of just ended up going in that direction. Yeah. So with Erlen though, because Erlen's one of my favorite people that I've met in my life in, yeah. in doing this, this yeah, style yeah. of music, He's touring awesome. and all that shit. Like Erlen, uh, I, I want you on the show, bro. I, your English is fine. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He's, he's kind of shy. He's, he's shy. a little shy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's you know that's how his style we, is. We talk face awesome. to face. Yeah. I talked face to face with you for a month, dude. You can sit and talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a little shy, but I mean, he he, he should he be is. able to do it. You know, he, he was he was on our list for a long time. We wanted yeah. to talk to him, and and it, just because he's such a phenomenal player, dude. And so I want to know, like, obviously, it may have been Blood Red Throne that you started sniffing that Erland bass playing, right? Um. How did I find out about Erland? I probably found out about for him from Deeds. Okay. Uh, because they were kind of like our main. They knew everybody in this in the whole international death metal scene. Yeah. And at, you know, at first we were mad at them, but then after we got over that, then um, then you know they signed us on their label, and they mm-hmm. they uh, Jacoby Kingston he turned us on to uh, Reno. And um, right. he probably turned us on, or one of those guys probably turned us on to Erland. And um, that's probably how, because I don't remember hearing Blood Red Throne before I met him. Before okay, I, so it was uh, through it was through Jacoby. It was through some. I'm just guessing it was through somebody in Deeds mm-hmm. that it was because. Because Erlen didn't know Reno. Reno's from Denmark. Erlen's from Norway. They didn't know yeah. each other, and they probably heard of each other, but they they didn't know each other. And so I don't remember how that was. But um, but also, you know that that tour, that Cannibal Corpse tour, the way that happened was that uh, I was friends with Eric Rutan. Because Eric was building his, he was getting into recording and building a recording studio while me and Juan were also doing it. We actually opened for Morbid Angel at the at the Maritime Hall in San Francisco once. Oh, nice. And Eric was playing guitar. 
Sick. and Eric saw us play and he's like, dude, I have a new recording. You know, Eric talks, dude, you know, I get this new recording studio. Uh, and, yeah. Man, yeah. Uh, somebody can <laughs> so, do a better imitation. There it is. I, I, I thought yeah, that's I, it. He just muted himself when he's talking. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that was the best move ever. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I, I but, thought my imitation of Eric Rutan was was like, you know, like like a like a C minus, but Joel just presented like an A minus. <laughs> well, every time you see him, he's like, ah, dude, you can't fucking miss these shows, man. I don't yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's been so long. But he was, <laughs> oh, I got some better. great Eric Rutan story. I got oh, so many great stories. So it's Let's all been about this has all been about vile and the nitty gritty for people I that know, like right. vile and stuff, but it's more fun probably Vile's to talk nice. about stories from the whole death metal scene. Yes. And sure, so, man. so, yeah. but, but I'll just, just to sum it up, er, Eric's Eric saw us play. Mm -hmm. We opened for Morbid Angel and he says like, I, I want to produce your, your band. And I was like, great. But you know, we're me and Juan, we're already recording engineers and we have already recorded our first album and blah 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 and it's, yeah. it's so he's like right. oh okay but then we just traded numbers and would always talk and about studio equipment and stuff like that mm -hmm. so cannibal needed was gonna have hate eternal open for that tour mm -hmm. and uh -huh. that was 2004 and that would have been the what tour would have that been the album a spawn uh, of the wretched, wretched spawn. Oh, the wretched spawn. spawn. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, no, Gore obsessed or wretched spawn, something like wretched that. Wretched spawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would have sure. been that was it. And they, I think Eric was going to do it. And then Eric couldn't do it for some yeah. reason. And Eric called me and he was just like, bro, I just talked uh, to uh, Alex and uh, we were going to do this tour and uh, we can't. And I mentioned you guys. And, um, and, uh, so Alex might call you. And so you better, you better do this, bro. And, um, and I was like, yeah, man, my band is totally falling apart right now. I mean, I just, I did, we did this one tour where I was like all these people from all over the place. Other guys have quit since then. He's like, you better put the band together, man. You're this is, you better do this. And mm -hmm. I was like, you're right. I'm going to do it. And so, um, and so I did, Alex did call and I did say, you know, I told him the truth of what was going on with the band and stuff. And I said, but I can do it. I can put it together. No problem. I can, I can make it work. And he's like, okay, great. You're in. And so then I had to scramble and I had to call Reno back. And that's where somehow I found Erlen's number and the attraction, why you would, why it was easier or relatively easy to get musicians was because, well, for the guys overseas, it was like, you get to come to America and tour with Cannibal Corpse and you're totally into the scene and this is your life. And of course you're going to do that. And, um, and so I was able to put that together. And uh, we did that tour, and it was James Lee that did the vocals of Origin. He's messaging mm. me right now. He's like, he's all telecalling, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, jump on the screen. Yeah. He's like, he's all, I don't yeah. have internet right now. But yeah, James oh, Lee's uh, yeah. Uh, he didn't have the internet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, I told him, I'm like, you have a phone, right? Like, what's going on? Come on. That's a little tidbit I didn't know. I didn't know James did vocals for you guys for James a little bit. Lee, because I had recorded the Origin, the second right. Origin album in 2002. So I knew that James could, 
he did all his vocals in two triple days. Triple I? He did all, he was so prepared. He did all his vocals in two days. He just showed up and just did all his parts perfect. And so I knew he, I knew he was pro. And um, when it came to doing his parts, he, he was yeah. going to, he was going to be able to do it. And so he said yes to it. And, um, and uh, he pulled it off and um, different kind of voice than what we had been used to, you know, different kind of voice than Juan, but people loved it. And everybody knew James, who's kind of a, you know, cult classic figure in the scene. So that was that tour. That was 2004. And then um, the New Age of Chaos came out 2005. And we did, what do we do for that? We did, in 2006, we did, we first did um, Europe with Monstrosity, Deeds of Flesh, Us, and Impaled. Oh, mm. nice. We, 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 I knew impaled just from having recorded them. And so I said, these right. guys, these are fun guys and these guys will do it and they'll sacrifice and they'll pay their own way. Shout and, out Ross. Love you. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Those, well, those are great guys. And, um, and we did that. And so that was 2000. Okay. And then, and then this, and then that summer, just a few months later, then we did the one with, with you guys. Right. The U.S. one with with yep. right decrepit, odious deeds, oh, us, yeah, and um, yes, that was it. Yeah, we that, have was it. that was our first moment. tour. That was our first yeah. national tour. We yeah, we yeah. Did like little tiny yeah. mini tours before that. So we that yeah. was our first introduction mm -hmm. to anything past Arizona. Yeah. So it was supposed yeah. to be or New deeds. Mexico. It was supposed to be deeds, vile, and then decrepit, and then psychoptic. Oh right. yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Whoa! They could, we took Psychropic then... spot. I didn't even know yes. that, dude. Yeah, we talked about. It. I no, I don't. Dude, this is. I, I just hung up with those guys a couple days. If ago. I remember, if we Anthony, talked about it's it, okay, we're old. It's okay, we're old. We're old. Dude, it's like twenty years ago now. This that is fucked up. I'm just like, like <laughs> sucks. Like, time yet. is flying by so fast. Yeah, dude. Insane. I'm like, I'm hanging on to it, dude. It's not yet. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. But I mean, no, okay. uh, so I know that you may have different feelings about it, Colin, because I remember you saying earlier that you were stressed and all that stuff. And you've been on tours before I, us. I, <laughs> I was, yeah. I always got, I always got stressed on tours because I was to having to be the guitarist and the band manager, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. and drive the van and do just do everything, yep. you know. Right, so right. and I was, I was always kind of. I still get stressed. I still get stressed at running. I, I, the um, the the one tour, the monstrosity one in uh, in Europe that same year, we were we had um, we had a com a company did the the tour. Uh, um, the guy's name is Marius. The guy from uh, a Polish guy and uh, great guy runs this. Uh, label i'm trying to remember what it is right now but um he put it together he had his own bus and everything and um they had a crew a polish crew three guys somebody doing merch somebody doing uh yep. stage managing and um somebody doing sound and a driver and we were chilling and i was you know everybody gets their own bunk and and there's help loading up gear and everything and you're just a musician you're not running it you're not driving you're not doing right. all that 
And that was really nice. And I said to myself, well, if I can do things this way on the bus, this is changes the, the, the changes. The ball game, yeah. Yeah, the ball game for sure. And I opened, I thought to myself, I'll, I'll be more interested in going this direction if it unfolds this way. But then, but, but it didn't. And um, so back to van touring. And so van touring was always very stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's why I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Well, you're, yeah. you're shoved into a small little area with four or five other dudes, you know, and, and the reason why I brought, yeah. wanted to bring it up was you had already been seasoned at the time that we toured together mm -hmm. and, and us talking about how this was our first tour. We were totally just like, dude, we're fucking on tour. Dude. Right. It doesn't matter if I'm eating granola for the last two days. Well, yeah. We're, right. we're seeing parts of the United States we've never seen together. And we're yeah. all friends. We're, we're like, we're yeah, like what, close what, friends. What did I say? What did I say? <laughs> what did I say? What, what the one did thing I, say? I do, Colin, the one thing I yeah. do remember about you yeah. is, is yeah. going through, we were going through the Canadian border to Vancouver. Oh, yeah. And uh -huh. I decided to jump in your guys' van. Uh huh. And everyone just got their butthole searched or whatever on the left. And oh, they, yeah. just waved, <laughs> they just waved you through. And I was like, I was like, fucking oh, yeah. glad I'm in this van. Like, this we is the did. Best <laughs> <van ever." laughs> right. And then there was the whole thing with the bass player who had that warrant out for his arrest and that whole thing. Which uh, one? You're. Do you remember? Uh, we don't. We'll, oh no! no, no, no. He's, he's, okay, he's, so about he's the unnamed, yeah, unnamed yeah, yeah, yeah. dude that we don't guitar player. give any. Yeah, of a decrepit guitar player. Yeah, yeah. guitar yeah, player. Fuck that guy. Oh, fuck yeah, that guy. Because bass player. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. But anyways, right, so, let's not go into that. <laughs> well, you don't. It's pretty entertaining. You don't want to mention what happened. No, I mean for uh, what? For the, uh, no, not really. I mean, Colin. God damn it. <laughs> i mean what these podcasts i mean this is what this just lay it all out on the table right i mean i already did about the situation of the band well i know that he couldn't go in because of previous a uh, previous felony yeah, like a D yeah felony what but was it for I, it was for uh he killed someone he killed someone dude did he yeah he, yeah, he was uh, i he thought was he was i thought it was child molestation was, oh, that is the next one dude <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, first yeah, of all, they he, just he got was, back no, from the bathroom. Uh, what are you guys talking all, about? Just speak on it because let's just very excited. He was he was in the band for like eight nine months, and he was just a fill-in live guitar player. He right, wasn't like I mean, yeah. uh, we had no, I had no problems with him. I remember he was a nice guy, for what I remember, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, which is crazy, no. which shows you how people well, can hide you, their shit. Have you seen the Jeff yes. Oh no, show? Have you seen the? Yeah, yeah. No, he was very calculated. He was right, having a friend like that in your group, and and then finding that out was oh no, I'm really going here right now. Oh my god, he brought it up. No, 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 no. I have no problem with it. No, no, one hundred percent. Here it is. I'm with. I'm just saying. He, he. No, the the killing the person. Like, it was over a fight, surprised. and he That's punched some dude, and he fucking fell and oh, yeah. hit, hit his head, and he died. But oh. then that, the yeah, other was, shit, the yeah. other shit was it did get uncovered during that tour, and we were like, yeah. yo, we you were in our like circle, and oh yeah out of yeah. here bro get the yeah. fuck out yeah of here. we haven't yeah. even yeah gone there never then. mentioned it yeah no we, <laughs> well he was like because yeah. we did he lied to uh, us he lied to me and casey yeah. and was like he told us right. like oh my wife caught me cheating and so we felt bad for shaking him. right now thinking about it yeah i know i know, I know. Yeah. right so, it's okay. casey it's, okay. it's all good it's no, no, all good no, no, it's, it's okay it's okay i'm just saying so we got this tends to happen 
This tends well, to happen with me because I'm very available for talking about stuff that's either embarrassing or you would want to sleep sweep under the rug or the old stuff. I'm very available to like open up that stuff and go, okay, let's go in there. I'm that kind of person. And I'll I'm just, actually that no, I mean, you know, too, that. because that guy had no part of any art that I made, you know? Yeah. 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 It was a, yeah, it was a, just a random dude that was in Santa Cruz. That was like friends with that group yeah. and was in the band for a short period of time to like as a live person. Right. And, we we you know yeah we thought we became cool with them because he was yeah. nice and then yeah. we got lied to and then right yeah it was it was a nightmare and that like goes probably back the to worst thing we've ever like, done it's the worst thing we've ever been through people can hide yeah, yeah. Real very well it's, dude yeah. it's, this is yeah that takes yeah, you into the world of politics now because that's where they're professionally yeah. professional hiders I know you know yeah. of their well, yeah, yeah of their junk. Yeah, but that, right. but the point was, is that it was at the border in, of Canada where, right. where, where some of you guys, I don't know which, which fan or whatever that he was in, that's where everything got stopped. And it was like, okay, pull yeah, everything out dude. of the van. You border. guys are okay. You go over there and wait and we're going to, you know, basically, you know, wasn't almost, in my van, dude. Almost strip search everybody. <laughs> yeah. We were oh kind of just, we were, no, uh, going into the border of Canada was literally <laughs> uh, hilarious for me because uh, we're, um, we're posing as your guys' roadies. That's what we, oh, were. that's right. Remember, Eric told us like all the merch is for free. It's all we didn't, there use. was <laughs> there wasn't like, a visa was, for odious dude the, yeah, yeah. you gotta get the you gotta get the work visas to, if you're gonna go do a tour in another country they're also so. gonna count you in they're gonna tax you on what you're charging for everyone and then when you come back out so if you have merchandise yeah, yeah. i think they still do this too by the way if you're a band you're like yeah, i want to go play yeah. canada and you don't know about this if you go to the border they'll be like oh we're gonna count how much you sell these shirts for it's like 20 yes. bucks a piece and they count 20 yeah. 40 60 80 bucks. they're gonna be taxed like, right there Taxed, you pay fucking two thousand dollars, yeah, and then we'll count you back in when you can give you the uh, yeah. remainder yeah. back out. We That's stuffed, right. We stuffed yeah. all our sh as many shirts as we could into Casey's drum kit. That's what we did. What all are you of talking our, about? I don't all know of our about. No, it never nah, happened. Casey, don't fuck around, dude. <laughs> <laughs> in Toronto, we had to take your drum yeah, kit apart put, and whole fucking t-shirt. What the... do you think, dude? The statue of limitations, dude. What are you doing? We're talking about. Oh yeah, no, no, it's all good. I mean, yeah, just, it's all fine. good. No, we, I'm just, I know, I don't care. I'm, we I, I'm this, just is, this is how we had to do it. We had a stack of CDs. Yeah. We stuffed all the T-shirts into Casey's drum kit, and uh, with the CDs, we said they were promotional items. Makes this kick sound better, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more tight. Like, I literally oh, remember no, showing up to Toronto <laughs> and having to disassemble, or you having to disassemble your kit. <laughs> Disassemble. in order for us to disassemble your kit so we <laughs> can get all of our merch out of it dude yeah. we literally yeah, yeah, yeah. stuffed it in as hard as we could dude yep that this, this that increasingly started to happen in the early 2000s because in the 90s bands were just traveling they were going everywhere with their stuff i remember even going to uh i remember the first european tour going going to europe with uh we had a, a a huge, um, you know, one or maybe two actual giganto duffel bags just packed with stuff that we had made here. And I remember just walking through and, you know, in the, in the Amsterdam airport, it says, you know, Duana, 
you know, no duana or whatever. And um, no duana, no customs. We just walk right through. Okay, hi, no problem. Walk right through. And uh, nobody ever stopped us going from country to country or anything like that. And it wasn't until 2006 that I remember that actually happened in some countries. And I remember mm -hmm. people, it started to become a thing. And basically governments started to figure out that all this international touring was, was they were getting ripped and they right. started. They wanted their cut. Yeah. And We've so had a time so when, um, when me and Casey, uh, like later on joined Decrepit where we hit the border and they were like, yeah, you gotta pay like $3,000. And we were like, we didn't Three have that grand, money. Dude? Yeah, we didn't have the money. We were, it was on Summer Slaughter tour too. It's like Summer Slaughter, like thousands of people. And they're just like, you have to pay the three grand up front. And we're just like, we can't, we don't have it. So we can't, right. we can't do the Canadian shows. Like we just, oh, really? Up, yeah, we couldn't literally couldn't in? do it. No, we didn't wow. go in. It was like, it was like one or two. It was, it was in the middle of Canada that was like, like, I don't know, Ottawa or something. It was in the, yeah. like some, we were like doing, going through Montana to get to Canada. And, um, couldn't they just store us. your stuff in a storage shed in Montana and then just go I know we didn't we merch. were it was already like we have to it, summer slaughter is you leave the show at 2 a.m. and if you if you stop oh, or if yeah, you sleep yeah, yeah. you're gonna miss the show oh I understand yeah that yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. gonna work yeah, not yeah it was like routing was like fucked like it was yeah. it was it's the the most like hard-working man's blue-collar tour like you are you are doing the fucking show staying maybe till the end usually you're not and then you have to jump right in your fucking van and get there to the next show or else you're late. Like you have to, like there's no sleeping. There's no like, Oh, let's pull over to a, a Walmart and sleep. Yeah, there's yeah. none of that. It's like, you uh, got to keep yeah. going. And so you had to really have like a, the regiment of drivers down. Cause it was like, yeah. cause you had to go, okay, you were the last one. All right, well you're going to sleep and then you're going to do next. And it was everybody's like, pissing in Gatorade yeah. bottles, bottles and you just really have to stop. If somebody has to shit, yeah. that's it, dude. Right. Yeah, if someone has to really shit, you stop. But if someone has to kind of shit, I'm like, no, you're holding. No, hold like, it, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat granola <laughs> and hold it, dude. Yeah. And yeah. then you get to the venue because uh, Loden's at Summer Slaughter was 11 a.m. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, so you, they, they'd be 10-hour drives, 12-hour drives. You have to be there at 11 a.m. I'm like, oh. dude, how do you even do that? Like, I don't even understand. That's, but yeah. that's the was... bullshit I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. That was but tough. Back so, to, with the bus, gonna... with the bus tour, yeah. you just drive all night. The driver pulls in in front of the club. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, I think it's just what a luxury, yeah, dude. Perfect. Yeah, it's also a thousand dollars a day. But um, I know, <laughs> but, 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 I mean, rad, but that's where... a really rad thousand dollars a day. That's a really yeah, 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 yeah. Thousand dollars a day. It's like sick. But but you know, you can. Um, we had in uh, the one we did in two thousand six. We had uh, we had. 30 people in the bus 30 yeah yeah just stuff so, everyone in so you have you literally have um four bands in there did you get and a so, bunk yeah and nice, uh and out of 30 people you get a bunk that's i think there was there was 29 bunks and it was the merch guy oh, the, the polish There's... merch guy that had to take the floor or whatever somehow Wow, dude, twenty nine bunks on one bus. That's yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a that's a European, right? That's your that's got to be a European one, right? It, yeah, it was. What's the guy's name? The manager for for Behem or for Vader? Bro Brovar. Brovar. Is it Brovar? His name is no. His name is Mar Marius. Marius. Oh, and it's and it's uh it's what's the name of the I'm trying to think the name of the of the company right now, but uh, anyway, he he owned it and. Um, 
I think we got brought up by it was Cryptopsy and Decrepit and Unmerciful. We got we got taken on one of those tours, a double decker bus. Yeah. And yeah, it was like one oh, of those okay. where you're, you're so basically like two levels. Our, our time in Europe, basically. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Tour it was everyone crew was like in a hole. Bus? No, the crew the crew was in a hole in the back. Like the Polish crew it was the behemoth crew. They were all in like a hole that opened up in the back and they had like they made this own section of like where it's supposed to be storage, but it they made it into beds and stuff like that for them to sleep. But uh, yeah, they were insane. That, they're insane. That is that is the the that's hardcore right there. The crew yeah. guys, Super the savage, Polish dude. crew guys. Oh yeah, death those metal. Guys, those guys are more metal than all the people. They, 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 yeah, dude. They are is brutal. It, <laughs> is, it, is it this guy Colin? I, I can't say his name. Mari Marius Kimzoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the company called? What's the company? Yeah, Sick drummer probably knows. Ian probably knows. But it's called. He'll hit it up. It's yeah, called starts with the starts with the B. Why well, can't not, remember? It's a brutal. Yeah, he might he might come to us. Not no no brutal in there. I don't think. <laughs> but either it's, way, dude, that's, uh, that's no. It's I know what it is. It's massive management. Oh, oh massive. Where does he say it? Oh shit. Mar okay. Marius, massive massive booking, massive management, massive. He's he handles a lot of the Polish guys. He's he's a. He's an old school guy. He's a badass. He's great. Fuck he's a great yeah. person. Massive management. Yep. Yes. He's hardcore. And he's got these guys that work for him. Shout and out. they're they are hardcore. And yeah, they're, they're, like, they're very pro too. The guys, the guys, the tour guys that did that tour. They're that sounds yeah, they so much sucked. like no matter what, we're gonna make it happen, dude. We're they gonna are, fit 29 people yep. yeah. as comfortably as we can on a double decker bus. Don't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just do their thing, and they they go in there, just like stuffed in there, like rats in a cage. And at yeah. the end of the night, they just fucking it's like, hug. Like, so what is it like? What is well, it's like, like rad, like uh, no, uh, like it's so rad, like coming to Europe, like as an American, and like doing things, and just like yeah, like going on tour and stuff, and just like yeah, you know, we think we're tough and all this, and these European dudes, hell yeah, are just, like ten no. times tougher, you know, dude, the like, Polish, oh, look dude. at. Look at Vader. Yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, we toured with Vader. Like, I mean, we toured with those guys when, when we were in Europe and then also in Vader. Like, you know, like we, we did the tour with Vader and Decrepit and stuff. And, and dude, Vogue was a guitar player too. From, respect to the Polish. Shout out. Like, oh. Polish dudes are tough as fuck. They're tough. Rough. Yeah. They're just they're workers. Badass. Oh, yeah, work, Vogue. They're, they're shit done. Those guys, they are yeah. workers. Those Vader guys, you can't work any they're harder badass. than those guys. Those are the hardest. That's got to be the hardest working band in the world of Death Metal got to be oh yeah and absolutely. i apologize like i've said a million times on this podcast but i would like you know cryptops the other writer but i was like where's they get all the alcohol and i would get like lock cutters and clip off the lock off the alcohol and i would drink <laughs> Didn't you, on the cryptopsy episode you told them that you did uh, i that, told them right? i know yeah, they were pissed yeah. but whatever but it's fine <laughs> but uh yeah no i mean brovar brovar was i see still the behemoth's number one roadie guy we've we did a couple shows oh brovar you know brovar yeah yeah, yeah. We he, know was, brovar. he was the yeah. manager he was the tour manager of he's that yeah yeah now yeah. he's still that he's still with them so anytime they come into town i'll be like what's up yeah. he's all come hang out but i'm usually with like a bunch of people and i'm like i'm not going to bring these people backstage right now it's not going to be you don't right. need to see how boring it is back there right now yeah <laughs> you want to see a bunch of people on computers i mean I'm like oh yes thank you very much i appreciate you i think the main point out. is like how like much tougher people are from like other countries sometimes or, like americans we're, still, we're like yeah. so like you have this Sick. like a shelf yeah. like we have very cushioned lives you know like really yeah oh casey like, this was the drum tech remember thomas uh, thomas oh, from dude, uh remember yeah. that guy thomas and remember, oh yeah Tom fuck yeah dude yeah yeah, yeah dude. you remember him uh, remember oh, yeah. tony the tiger <laughs> who was tony the tiger 
Tony the Tiger. He was... There was a guy named Tony the Tiger that literally could get so he would get so drunk at the end of the night that he was one of their techs uh, for Cryptopsy, and he's I think he was yeah. working for Behemoth. He can get so drunk that he could literally stand like like parallel to the ground, just fall directly on his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and on his back. You, played, you guys played yeah, yeah. video of that, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys, he's, I, a, he's I, a boxer. I, 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 I think I'm nearing I'm nearing exit point oh, soon. Oh, not, okay. not, okay. not, not, not now, but within the next 10 to 15 minutes. Well, I got let's yeah, talk, okay, let's fast forward to let's now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so sure. now Vile was quiet for a little bit, and now you've decided oh. to resurrect it. And... Right. Oh, so, so oh, yeah. let's just really quickly. So after after the 2006 tours, 2006, 2000, I think there was a 2007 one with James Lee and Tyson playing drums, an American one that was oh, sure. even, yeah, that was even a different one, even. Uh, I don't even remember that. For some reason, I do not remember that tour. James had to remind me of it. I wasn't getting drunk or anything. I was just, I can't remember it. It just got yeah, out yeah, of yeah. your memory sure. somehow. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then, and then nothing. And then I was, right, because I'm doing Imperial Mastering, right? So I'm doing audio engineering, right? So I'm making right. a living as an audio engineer. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do the band, it's going to be good. It's not going to be, uh, you know, it's, I, I saw the hardcore side of it and I saw the good side of it. And I'm like, I want to do the good side of it. I want to do the easier side, the, the, the cruiser side that's less stressful and, um, and it's yeah. actual, actually fun, you know? Absolutely, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. And I, and and those just weren't appearing. That's those situations weren't appearing. There were some mm -hmm. hardcore van tours that were offered. You know, there's always, hey, you know, you want to do this, you know, this underground van tour, you know, with underground bands, whether you can right. headline or not. You know, you're gonna be it's it's gonna be brutal. And so I was <laughs> yeah. just turning those down, and I was just doing mixing mastering and just kind of doing my own thing and just um and i wasn't writing music as fast anymore and i was truthfully i was running out of riffs i was running i was saying to myself oh this sounds like the one off a of new age oh this sounds like depopulate oh this sounds like this this and i'm like what well, where mm -hmm. the hell and so i'm and, and a lot of bands just will just keep going okay whatever it's not the same it's close but it's and i was like no i want something original i want to put out another album that's original and yeah, so man. what ended up coming out, and it took me six years to put it together, was this album called Metamorphosis, which was yep. on Encyclopedia Metallium. They call it um, melodic death metal. Mm. That's what they called it. And um, it got, oh, it, it was the worst reviewed album of all four of our albums. Really? And yeah, it was a worst reviewed one because it was the slowest one. It was kind of clicked down to like kind of like Morbid Angel, Blessed of the Sick, or Death, Individual Thought Patterns, that kind of that speed. It was kind of clicked yeah. down a little bit slower. It had a lot of melodic riffs that were kind of lighter, kind of just more. It sounded more like Euro metal, kind of. It was a little more mm -hmm. melodic sounding. It had a lot of melody riffs. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't as brutal. Like if depopulate is the is the example of of brutality, then New right. Age of Chaos is more melodic than that. And then Metamorphosis is even more melodic than that. And I liked the album. I liked the songs because to me it was something new. It was like, okay, right. it's still vile, it's still death metal. And um 
I didn't, we, we, this is where we start, this is where Mike, Mike Rabovchek comes in because we didn't mention the Rabovchek brothers, JJ and Mike. Yeah, I that's tried to bring up name? earlier. That's how you say the last name? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's. The H is silent. Yeah, so it's Rube, R-U-B-O-V, Rubov, C-Z-A-K is check, check. Uh, okay. I was like, Mike, who, 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 Yes. CZ is like, ch, ch, ch. So, I, was saying, I can JJ and hope somebody else knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. Monstrosity. And Mike, Mike and JJ, they should have come up with stage names, you know, so you just like corpse grinder or whatever. Like <laughs> JJ this. is pretty good. Just JJ is pretty good. J- JJ. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and those just, those are the greatest guys. And, yes. um, so they, they, they were, we, yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to stay on a little longer because um, we, there's a whole episode with those guys. So those guys came in. Those guys came in for the 2006 and seven tours. Mm-hmm. And when we did when we did Decrepit Birth, Odious. Well, who was the singer on that? That was Mike sure. and yeah. JJ. They, oh, it's yeah. Mike. And, oh, okay, it Mike was. They it were was Mike, the JJ, and Lance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then me. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Mike and, and Jay, right. So Mike and JJ were in the band at that point, right. and yep. and then Mike sang, and JJ was also appeared on Metamorphosis, mm-hmm. and then we did, okay. uh, right. we did, we did, we did Europe in 2012 with um, a, a Brazilian band called Lacerated and Carbonized. It's kind of like Christian type, you know, the Brazilian oh. bands. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, awesome. And um, who else was on that tour? Uh, can't remember, but we did yeah. that. We did that one 2012, and then we did Japan in 2013. And, um, but 20, but JJ couldn't do those. JJ joined Hate Eternal. Hate Eternal, that's right. Yeah. And so uh, Mike did the singing, and yeah, we yeah. got, and we got Justin Sakogawa from the Bay Area, who's a shredder guitar player, um, from the Bay Area to play. He joined the band in uh 2012 and we did we did two metamorphosis tours one europe one japan oh and we did a west coast thing too in america and that was what we did with that and i saw um, you guys at this festival in la what was it called in 2014 or something like that it was uh fuck it was like gorgasm vile we didn't play that 2013 14 no you definitely did it was was a sunday i saw you I, i hung out with you and we hung out it was like it was 2013 or no, 2013 or 14. It was in LA. It was one festival. It was Gorgasm. Um, yeah, I remember wow. that. Uh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened. That was that, Is that was, a one-off. That was this three three shows that we did. Okay, okay. Got we it. did those three shows. We did those three shows. We did Japan. We did Europe. That's all we did for that whole Metamorphosis tour. Okay. And uh, Mike Mike Rabovchek was in the band at that time. JJ did some of the earlier stuff, and um, Mike is um, the all around. I just all around, just the top. He's just the best. His art, just, his art is insane too. Yeah, he's just he's just the he's just the best. He's so he's very professional, and um, he's very professional and reliable. And he's got a great range, and he's great on stage, and yep. he handles all his band responsibilities, whatever those are. He handles them all. 
and he's a good communicator. He doesn't hold stuff back. He's, he's, he's great. And his, his brother's yeah. great too. I love them both. They're both great. They're fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love Total JK professionals. Too. Yeah, they're great. So, um, so that was the metamorphosis deal and that it didn't get as good of reviews because a lot of people wanted the brutal stuff and it wasn't really brutal. And then I kind of just switched out to doing other stuff. And I just, truthfully, I did other stuff in life. I, um, me and my girlfriend wrote this book called shadow tech. And it's a, it's about, it's a, uh, I got other interests in life, including Jungian psychology. So this book is kind of a Jungian psychology kind of similar to that. Mm, yeah. And, um, I did that. I did my, um, studio. Yeah. And, and girl mastering throughout all this yeah. has never stopped. I've been doing mastering the whole time, mainly for death metal bands. I mean, you, you haven't, you, by, you, by the way, you haven't even, you haven't, uh, mentioned how someone can get a hold of you. We were talking about promote promos in the beginning. If someone wants mastering, how do they get a hold yeah. of you? Imperialmastering.com. Boom. Boom. There That's it. it. So if you guys want to, you can put that in the description or whatever, but yeah, totally. Yep. So, so that's going on and I'm just kind of like looking and if something good comes up, I'll take it. And I'm not really looking that hard and I'm kind of a little bit disenfranchised with the underground death metal scene and, and you know, cannibals not calling me back or whatever. I got no management. I can't find any management. I can't find any record label that's, you know, bigger than what I had. And, um, so I'm kind of just chilling and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I don't, I don't know. Something's going to happen with the band again in the future. I'm not really writing that much music. And I kind of found out what most musicians go through. Most of your favorite musicians, whether it's Slayer or Iron Maiden or whatever, most of your favorite musicians you know, they have a curve of productivity and originality. Sure. And when I was prolific and I'm just like, I couldn't understand that. I'm just like, I'm going to keep creating this stuff forever. Yeah. yeah. And just coming out and everything. And then when it's not stops coming out so fast and you're like, I just can't think of anything. It just start, it just, or you just end up repeating yourself. Then you kind of mm -hmm. slow down with the production side of it. And then you kind of run into just like, oh, this is what it's, this is what happened to Judas Priest when they put out Turbo, mm -hmm. you know, or this is what happened with Megadeth when they put out Risk, yeah, you know, yeah. or this is uh, what happened with, sure. with Metallica when they put out Saint Anger. Right. The crowd just is like, okay, this is kind of cheesy. We'll try to like, they don't really identify with it like they did like the previous stuff. Kind of yeah this well is, not only that it's just hitting a wall you, you know? hit a wall what do you think about the snare tone on saint Inger? <laughs> i don't i don't i don't even have to give you my <laughs> yeah, opinion yeah yeah, on yeah, that. yeah. well yeah. so so but that's what happened and i got to live through what it feels like to actually become less prolific and have less ideas and takes and takes more work and concentration to come up with the original material Although I found that I could do it if I switched styles. Yeah. So yeah. I st had some, uh, so I have another project called the O one experience and that metamorphosis was kind of another style. I now have a project called deprogram matrix on the side. And so if I play, I can still play metal, but other kinds of metal, I can find that I can still, I can still be original. 
but I'm having a hard time being original and staying in that same mold of, of that, of that, you know, third wave death. Totally makes sense, dude. Totally does. So, so that's what happened and nothing really happened. And then, uh, in 2019, in 2019, I kind of just said, I, I'm, I, I want to do something fun, man. Let's put the band back together and, and, and started looking out for guys. And I actually got a couple festivals in Europe. We we're going to play this one thing called Dreamer Fest in, in France. And we're, we're going to play the, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I was dreaming. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then, um, then there was, uh, oh, there was the, the, the Netherlands Death Fest. We got the Netherlands Death Fest. We're going to play that. Is that Neurotic Death Fest? Was that the old Neurotic Death Fest, or is that something different now? It's called Netherlands Death Fest. It was a death fest that they had in the south of Holland that they've had for like seven, eight, ten, ten years or something like that. It's been okay, going on there. And uh, it's, it r- later became run by the same guys that uh, run Maryland Death Fest. Oh, hmm. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, they're spreading that shit throughout the yeah, planet, it's and so they they had that going. We were going to play that. This is 2019. We have our tickets. I got a band put together. Everybody's in, and uh, Tyson was going to play drums. We we're going to fly him out, and nice. um, I had Justin was going to play guitar and Mike. Oh yeah, then there's Mike Pajone. See, I just keep forgetting people because it's <laughs> like you know the best thing to do with this is just go through the Wikipedia page or whatever and go through every musician. It's actually on, on vilewarriors.com. If you go to vilewarriors.com, every musician is listed. And there I you could go. Just, I could have just done that, gone through the whole story. Because Mike Pajone, he's from Monstrosity, and later mm-hmm. Mike joined Monstrosity. And right. Mike did some tours with us. He did the European tours. He did the Japan tour. He's a fantastic guy, great bass player, does a mm-hmm. lot of albums. And um, so Mike was going to play bass. And I think who was going to be the singer? A guy named Flo, who's uh, from a band called um, Crytopsy, right? Uh, no, Balance of <laughs> no, not yeah, not that Balance of uh, Cryptopsy. No, <laughs> just kidding. I tried to, I tried to I was announce just it differently because I was like, wait, there's another Flo in death metal. Yeah, yeah, another Flo drummer. And no, he's uh, a vocalist, dude. Oh, oh, shit! I thought it was someone that sold the me. drummer. I were giggling yeah, at you right now. Yeah, this guy's this guy's a singer, and he's from a band called Balance of Terror. It's a French band. These are and so there's a there's a group of northern Frenchmen who are now going to be getting involved in Vile. And so, Hell yeah. but but I had that put together. That was 2019. I had my tickets, and then the whole COVID garbage started. And so yeah, yeah. all those things got canceled just a few weeks before we were supposed to fly out. The whole thing got canceled. Everything got scrapped. I was not willing to go try it again in 2021. I said, no, I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to wait it out. We're going to really wait for this thing to, to get done with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now we're, now we're going to go play uh, nice. tw- 2022 or 2023. We're going to play Obscene Extreme and mm-hmm. some, other, some other stuff that I'm I'm. I'm trying to hook up and well, that's um, a comeback that a lot of people have been waiting for, dude. Like we've been saying before, if we think about Cali, Cali death, it's it bile is always in the yeah. conversation, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and now dude. that, now that we're 20 years into it, um, Cali death is a, um, influential aspect to the timeline of yeah. death metal, you know? So it, of course, vile so- should be, yeah, well, you know what's interesting is in the time is that is that in the last in the ten nine years that the band's been quiet, 
vial is gone. It's actually, because there's no new wave of extreme metal that's worth a damn, really, that's not a real wave, not a real culture, you know, mm. um, the, the, the last wave of death metal that was creating, actually creating cultures, the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s. And there's not there, there, of course, there's new bands and stuff that have happened, but no real culture and no real movement that's taken the genre anywhere new. Um, it's, you know, there's novelty in there, people mixing styles and trying this or that gimmick and then, you know, but nothing really, nothing really evolving the movement. And so what's happened is that now, um, it's the, 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 the bands that have, uh, the, if you're a new band, if you're a newer band, you don't, and the record, the music business has crashed. There's, there's nobody can make any money anymore. So, so basically the bands, if you, if you want to start a brand new extreme metal band right now, yeah, get signed to who do what you're it, nothing's going to happen unless you have members that were already well known and are already, you know, bringing together signed people from something that's, you know, established and putting it through an established label, there's, you're going to just going to be playing local and that's going to be yeah. all that's good. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing's going to happen. So what the only bands that can do anything are the legacy bands, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now our bands, all of us, and we're all legacy bands now. Right. And so it, and so, so basically you can, you can get, you can get stuff now that you can get festivals. 10 years ago, I couldn't get festivals. I can get festivals now because I'm a legacy act. Right. And I can, you know, I can like this, the small one happening in, you know, in Houston, I can co-headline. I can just, you know, I just go right into the scene and have, and, uh, have a privileged position basically. And yeah. no, you know, I can't, no, I can't, you know, get on with, you know, I can't go support behemoth or Nile or whatever and get on the bus or whatever right now. But if I stick to it and stay with it, I can. But so a new thing has happened where a lot of the bands that were struggling before, if they made a dent in the scene, if they're known as an originator band, those are legacy bands now and they're wanted and they can do stuff that they couldn't right. do before. Uh, nostalgia is a, yeah. a, a seller now in, in current times. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally love nostalgia. I always go back to the nineties, you yeah. know, and, and, but now the newer generation, there is a percentage of them that are like, Oh, and, and, you know, me too. I can go back even further. I'm, I'm born in 84. I can go back further and further and further because I'm on that cusp where I can still, yeah. uh, uh, I can connect with stuff that was popular or not even popular, but just stuff that was being made before I was born. And yeah. I think that there is this like level of nostalgia that is, um, we don't want things to die, dude. We don't want things to go away, you know? And, and, yeah even the kids who didn't experience it themselves want to keep it alive. And like Joseph was saying earlier, there is now this old school death metal genre where people are trying to recreate what was happening back in those times. You yeah. Know? 
and and that just shows that in the zeitgeist there is this nostalgia effect of <laughs> of like wanting to keep things alive and and kicking and and what's a better reminder than bringing bands out from those earlier area areas and 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 showing everybody what's up you know like this is what we were doing back then and we're still doing it for you now dude all genres are experiencing this like so you have all these 70s bands 80s bands whatever they were you know everybody had their whatever their peak was let's say it's you know it's lover boy and pat benatar or bad company or whatever 70s 80s bands or whatever they're going to be getting squashed in the 90s when grunge and everything else is coming out they're mm-hmm. not going to be they're going to be getting squashed and then they're going to be and then all of a sudden after being gone for 20 years all those mm-hmm. people are like uh, you know they're getting into their 50s and 60s and they want to go see their the the bands that they grew up with and then all of a sudden those bands you look out there and all those 70s bands, the 70s bands are getting old now. The Bruce Springsteen and the Bob Seeger and all those guys. Those guys but are they're getting still out there. But the 80s guys, the, the 80s guys, they're they're out there. And and these are all the legacy acts. And now it's happening for obviously the 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 British heavy metal bands. They mm-hmm. they've been they've been riding it, but they're getting very old now. But now it's time for people. There, there's one one group that's older than me that's the original guys that's that's the morbid angel guys and right you know the guys from death and steve DiGiorgio and gene hoagland and then and all those guys Mm -hmm. those guys are set they can they can they can make a living as musicians right now they're legacy artists and um and now it's kind of moving into where even extreme metal bands that were just small bands that were, but as long as they made a dent, as long as they're part of the, of the culture, you know, right. you're, you're right. on unique leader or you were on relapse or you were yeah, on, yeah. you know, then, then you're a cult classic now and you can do stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally. And dude. so, and so that's where I'm at right now. And so because of that situation, because I can actually do that, then I'm like, okay, well I can do vile that way. I can put together bands, I can go do, you know, I'm going to this next year I'm going to stay in Europe for a month and oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to stay there and I'm going to, you know, stay with friends and then I'm going to every weekend I'm going to play a different fest. Nice. And and I'm just going to get my guys to drive or take the train out to the fest, you know, we're going to have some practices when I first get there. Everybody's going to go their own way and then we're going to meet up on the weekend in Czech Republic and then we're going to meet up in over here in Germany and then we're going to meet up and we're going to do four four shows, three or four festivals. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to be like, okay, well, I, the band's going, it's doing stuff, but I don't have to do the whole grind of, you know, eating peanut butter on, in, on the van. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Thomas and profanity. They, they, they showed me this year that the festival circuit over in Europe is something that is something you can't experience that in the United States. No, Profanity literally hit so many different festivals this summer and it was, yeah, it's a grind for them to get out to each one of those, but they still made it. And and it's an opportunity that, um, isn't here, you know, that's legit. That's legit music to them though. That's like here. It's kind of like this weird avant-garde weird style of music, like metal and stuff like there. It's like part of their culture. 
Like that's mm-hmm. like, oh, like you know, yeah. what I mean, that's like yeah. they're they're hundred thousand people festivals and stuff. That's yes. normal. That's normal yes. for them. Like for us, like if we have one of those in America for one year, one time, it's like biggest festival for metal and ever. You know what I mean? For their like their festival mm-hmm. seasons, like it's like nine yep. of those. You know, it's like so. If crazy. if you any of you guys on on here now, if you want to do this, you can play. You can play a handful of festivals in Europe, and you can play a handful of festivals in America. You know, in summer you're in Europe, and then the rest of the year you're here, and you're literally playing like eight shows a year, and you're in the scene. You have notoriety. You're out there. Yeah. You're playing, and you're you're on posters, and people know that you're out there, and you're in the world of music, and you're only playing eight shows a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that now, right? And and it's inexpensive. You can do it. It's so that's that's yeah. that's so that's for me. That's why I'm getting back into it is because because it can be done much more efficiently now with this whole festival thing. Yeah, dude. yeah. totally, dude. Yeah. Well, dude, Colin, I we're we're at almost. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know it's, and I I gotta go too. My girlfriend's yeah. in here cooking dinner, and so no, dude, that's fine. Dude, yeah, we'll do the we'll do the wrap up. Is, this has been so rad, dude. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. Time, I appreciate dude. it. Yeah, it's great seeing you guys yeah. again. Yeah, no doubt, dude. And nice uh, to meet you, man. Again, yeah. Um, totally. hit up vilewarriors.com right? For the main hub, basically, right? Yep. Yeah, and then uh, for Imperial Mastering, imperialmastering.com. Yep, that's it. And then on the socials, where where do you want anybody to hit? There is an Instagram page. I don't, I don't, I don't use it, but it's there. People can like it. I can't even so get they, the can't even get Instagram to work. I can't even get my picture yeah, to <laughs> stay yeah, up there. A, it just it's, it's all good. So then but uh, but fa- but Facebook. There's a there's a Facebook page called um, Facebook.com/slash. Um, um, vile death metal. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I uh, yes. tagged it in my. Logo, I do so. use Facebook, and I have a I have a Facebook profile, Colin Davis Metal Master. So there is a. I do use Facebook. Uh, I mean, I, I truthfully, guys, the whole social media thing. That's another thing we won't talk yeah. about today. But it's just so fucking lame. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great as a phone book. You can look people up. You know, it's you can message somebody. Book. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's a whole. It's a whole rat race, like trying to figure out like where things that like, your posts yeah, don't get like show, totally, don't show up and stuff. And, oh, like, yeah. dude! But, yeah, but, but yeah. we love your music, man, and we love yeah, yeah, yeah dude. I we love our cool memories, and we love all the everyone you've done. Thanks, man. You know, yeah, all, thank every, you. And every, yeah, every thanks yeah. for sure, definitely. Dude. It vile is an imprint that always yeah. um, came at me early in my um, exposure to Cali death metal, and. It was, I'll always cherish that. Dude, I'm, I'm cutting sure. everyone off real quick. It it's was a, a moment. Max, it was a movement. Yep. Max from Anomalous is 40th oh, birthday yeah. right now, so you guys are getting raided right now for that. But oh, yeah, continue. Shit, dude. Max continue. from Anomalous, shout yeah, out, dude. Happy, happy 40th, dude. Yeah. Uh, tell them happy 40th when you guys get in the chat. All right, I'm anyways. turning 40. I will, tomorrow. dude. Mm. For sure, dude. Who's and turning 40 tomorrow? Our our friend in Max. March. I see. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know him. Or I don't know him. Yeah, he's a, he's a Anomalous. super shredder. He's he's actually very prominent on Twitch. And what's funny is he started his Twitch after he came on our show, and it's just flourishing now, dude. Ah. And he's, one, he's like, yeah, he literally like wanted, like he told us, like you guys should try it. I think it's a thing. Blah blah. I don't know what's yeah. going on, but I'm gonna try it. And he he tried it and did really well. And it started from like 
Scott from Fallujah and Justin from Zian's Passage and you know like a lot of these people are doing it but uh and shout yeah. out to nate too he was in this chat i shout out him pretty much as much as i can but colin check yep. if you got your pen write this down yep, yep. ontogeny o-n anomalous too j-g-e yeah ontogeny yeah I i've heard of it oh yeah dude the so that's yeah. max and uh and nate well actually no anomalous was max and nate sorry Oh, Nate yeah. is ontogeny is his uh I've, yeah Marco was in on uh, anonymous uh, yeah oh okay I and I've heard of uh, ontogeny but yeah, I was gonna ask you real quick have you heard this band let me try to find it back here it's um it showed up on um what is this um Pandora that I use this band that's called oh man oh here it is right here archetype archetype I I heard of them. no that's not the band. It's called Arch Spire. Arch Spire, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Insane. Hell yeah, dude. They're one of my favorite new bands, yeah. But it's all put together in the computer. Yeah. With Dave Atero. Yeah, he records them. He's done the last two albums. Right, so there's like all these 30-second note double bass parts that no one can play, and the vocals are all on top of each other. No one could actually do that. I like it, though. I like it. I think it sounds cool. But I'm like, what are they doing live? True. Dude, I'll Making say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they kind of deliver, man. They're they do? Quick. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think they hit everything with the same velocity as the recording. Right. But, uh -huh. uh, I mean, they, they, they have a reputation as a really good live band. I've seen oh, they do? I play, I've opened for them. They're pretty sick, dude. Yeah, it comes on. Uh, uh, th this thing here. It comes on... Uh, yeah pandora i hear it and i'm like that is insane and yeah yeah um yeah and it's very slick production and all that stuff but um but I'm i think they sold out they sold out the one of the, the biggest venue in santa cruz and i was like what the fuck is going oh, on? what's the okay <laughs> like, so what yeah. recently on a few uh few episodes ago we got introduced to the ai oh zach oh yeah, yeah yeah i've been listening to that a lot lately actually. so is that based on the arch spire Shit, though that's yeah, don't even, don't oh, even yeah. go down this this is another this is another ai been, music ai oh, yeah, music yeah, yeah. a yeah. computer that writes music it's yeah. going it's been going for how many hours for like a year or two <laughs> and just constantly playing they just fed it an archspire <laughs> album and then it just pumps out like, oh archspire wow so i saw yeah, yeah. the i saw the the artwork i ran uh, that what's that thing called do you know the artwork oh, creator yeah, yeah, one that, that, yeah yeah i've seen that dude it, sure. Colin, if, we, if we tuned in right now there would be a song playing that has still been going what's what, writing what's, like there's, what's the what's it called i want to look it up uh, yeah what is it just called? type in ai archspire I think it's oh, in involuntary doppelganger is one of their songs. Something, something like that. Like Just that. make sure it's make sure it's live. It'll it'll tell you if it's live or not. If it's yeah, live, then it's, it's been literally going for ye like a couple years. They have a Mashuga yeah, yeah. stream also. I think I heard a jet one, like a jet one, and they're like they're making all these like progressive rhythms. Like the, the AI is like making the like crazier rhythms than like these bands are doing yeah. now. <laughs> And I'm like, bands are just going to listen to him now and just be like, oh, I'm going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. I was like, I got a couple ideas on this. It's pretty sad. Uh, yeah. With the, right. with the artwork, I was thinking I could make my next art like this, you know. But I know. I know. It was, yeah. That's an idea for sure. <laughs> People are doing it. It's all weird. Actually, shit. Mark, uh, Mike Robovchik, he used it because he's an artist, right? He's and a great he, artist. He's a great artist. And he used it and he pumped out something that's better than anything I could pump out. He knew how to 
tweak it and make it look freaking awesome with what he did so yeah maybe maybe i'll have to have him do that okay guys yeah fantastic and uh dude this was really fucking cool dude we had a great time keep keep me in the loop if anybody needs mastering give me a call and uh please do yep anybody who's listening you want you want to hook we already gave all the imperial mastering yep yeah imperial Imperial mastering Mastering. yep that's it yeah, good, good stuff, talking man. to good you guys. To, good to see you, man. It's been a long time. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Hell yeah. You Take too. Easy, well, I, I'm out here in Texas, so I guess I, I, you know, I don't know when I'll see you guys, but <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We could virtually yeah. hang. It's all good. Um, yep. Battleforgecoffee.com. What did I say? First oh, off, twenty. Oh That's right. What it was, dude. Battleforge, just the deeds, guys. Right. Coupon code. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Coupon code first off 20, you get 20% off for National Coffee Day. I think uh, until October 1st, guys. So I'm going to have to ask um, Jacoby what, what kind of coffee that is or where that's or Mike. Oh, Mike, is it Mexican or what is it? You know, so I want to find out. I drink, yeah. I pretty much only drink African coffees. Dude, Ethiopian coffee is that, the that's best coffee, dude. Best, best, best. Are, uh, other are, Kenyan. Kenyan, African, Rwandan. Those are all. So you sound like amazing. IPA nerds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's kind of like that, yeah. I literally <laughs> have not had anything crazier and, and more flavorful than Ethiopian blend. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. It's super good. No, I get it. Before we end up, before we end, I want right. to like copy that the the monkey shits it out and everyone like spends a ton of money oh, for it. no it's not a monkey it's not a monkey it's like a uh it's like a cat type or like a uh it's a marsupial or something it's wow. something where the, the, the certain animal best. eats these beans it's all uh, i hear it's kind of fucking just guano dude but they literally that's their creamer dude is guano they eat the because coffee is actually a fruit what were what you yes bean is the seed yes. inside of a fruit yes and and those animals eat the fruit as it's fresh wow, exactly. and then and then they absorb everything just like we would you know yeah if you eat a strawberry you're shitting out those seeds dude. yeah you're not you're not gonna those aren't gonna get broken down it's wow really good. so it, it literally i mean the whole point of uh, uh a plant and fruit and it that is being eaten they want think about this guys we need fertilizer to make uh uh produce and yes. and, and 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 all that so what what's the fertilizer it's shit yes so nature has made a, a like this plant has made a thing for an animal to eat and then they absorb everything that they need and then the seed gets shit out with its shit and then it's on the ground that's new plants guys yeah it's it's a it's a a package deal that comes out of the anus of a fucking animal yeah there <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but Perfect. it really is dude it, it's like it's so fucking crazy Perfect. that evolution i should have held through with that just like what the anus <laughs> of an animal <laughs> just ended god damn it that would have been dude amazing. that's true though stuck through it it, it, it gets it, planted it, it, as a full package that's what oh, it is oh yeah right? i forgot that reminded me there's one more last thing is there will be a new vile song next year so there there and that's and i we didn't talk about this we'll do this next time how about this? You already have a bunch of albums out already, right? 
you're not really making money selling albums with your record label. And maybe you don't even have a big enough record label to really even matters being on a label anymore, right? So why yeah. are you putting all the energy into putting 10 songs out no, and, no, then, and then you get to put one or two of them on your live set? Because yeah. you can't you do one or two. People are touring on one song. They release one song and they're touring on them now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once you get a rep, so like uh -huh. it's say vile, say I want to play a headliner slot and I want to play for an hour and that's going to be 14 songs, right? Well, out of those 14 songs, about 10 of them, 12 of them, I have to play old songs. I only have room for a couple new songs. What? So look at Cannibal. They have all these albums out. They got whole albums where not even one song's played. Right. So why do I want to put all that energy and everything into putting out 10 songs albums? Why don't I just put out one or two new songs every year? Yeah. Hey, that's the, that's the climate of that's the current day too. And that, that makes sense too with the, how you're presenting it. And yeah. dollars. there's enough yeah. vile songs to already fill a, a, a lengthy set. Yeah, and I have Watch. to play those songs. People don't want people want those songs. Right. Right. So I, can, I only have so much room, and as I keep going, you know, it's like Megadeth or whatever. They just put out a new album. They're they're going to put one. They're going to put two songs on the, their whole set, and then next year they're going when they put their next album out, one song of this. That's album already will be that's out. already been like I, I was like kind of thinking that was going to be the way things go because of how. I was like an album would drop and then I was over it after a week because have oh, all the information I get and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and now bands are doing the thing that I was thinking was going to happen is yeah. like you drop one song at a time for yep. like months and then you yep. tour on that. Yeah. It's like that band Polyphia, they, they will, or like they'll tour like a sold out tour off one new song. Yes. And then they'll I mean, they, song. they have existing songs to fill the tour from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, right, right. Right, right. But like, but, but yeah. then, but then when they release another song, it's like another album came out, you know, for the, the promotion. Yes. Album. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what we need to do now. That's what's happening. It's already I mean, happening. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. For, yeah, for sure. existing band, if you're a brand new band, you have no material out. You kind of have to put out a full album. Yeah. Right. Put out a thing where everyone get used to you and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you need to develop your sound over a period of years and all that. Mm -hmm. But for yeah, bands yeah. like for all of us, it's like just put out one and then just make it a music video. Put one new song. Yeah. I mean, put all the with, money into that. And then, yeah. Boom. That's it. That's Boom. what I'm doing. Yep. All right, Colin. Okay, Thanks guys. Hanging out, dude. Dude. I love you, buddy. Uh, yeah, you too. Rad, yeah. Dude. See you guys soon. Call yeah. me back Hell anytime. Yeah. For sure, man. No doubt, dude. And uh, yeah, um, hit up all those places we talked about, and we'll see you next week. All right.